Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another Friday fun field edition of Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I'm Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. Make sure you follow that download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. Also, so you can catch catch our other five live shows throughout the week. If you happen to miss them, you can watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the podcast. Of Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W A R R on Anchor. One more game, as your kids would say. W A R R on Anchor to catch our podcast edition of Second City Sports. And you can follow War Media at W A R R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the Podjackly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. And if you if you have an opinion or a question during our now two-hour extravaganza, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, Lakina will give you the beer lane beer boot. Bye-bye. We have a guest lineup as as a uh, maybe not as filled as the 27 Yankees, but we have valuable <laughs> people coming on today to discuss the topic of sports. First up, coming up in the next half hour, we'll have our good friend of the show from NBC Sports Chicago, Rob Schaefer. He's going to hop on with us to talk Bulls in the NBA. Are you panicking as a Bulls fan? Are you worried or are you just uh, laying back in the cut waiting for the playoffs to start? We'll talk about that and a whole lot more with Mr. Rob Shaver coming up in the next half hour. And then our second hour, we'll have our, our girl back for her bi-weekly commentary on sports and entertainment. It's our girl, Christine Manica from KR KXRB Radio. She's going to hop on in the next hour to give us our thoughts about the world of sports and a whole lot more. Lakina, let's get started with the Friday edition of Second City Sports by talking about March Madness of uh, the rounds. So 16 and 8 are are, are not have kicked off. Uh, there's some great games last night. 
as we start to see the shape of, of these teams as the uh, field of 64 started to the window just a little bit more. We'll start with the first game as the first number one seed was knocked out of the tournament, and that's the Gonzaga Bulldogs. I had to win the whole thing. Now my bracket's officially busted, but no one cares about that. Folks care about this. The final score in the West region is Sweet 16. Gonzaga loses to Arkansas 74-68. to for Arkansas, they had a great game, especially from Jalen Williams. He had 15 points and 12 rebounds. Drew Timmy could have been his last game as a Gonzaga Bulldog. We'll see. But uh, he had 25.7 rebounds and three assists. Lakina, we talked about Arkansas in our last episode on Monday. Uh, this is a good scrappy team. Give head coach Eric Musselman uh, uh, full credit uh, for uh, turning this team around. They went to the Sweet 16 last year. They were there this year. Now they're going to the Elite Eight, and they're going to face another tough opponent, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But Arkansas, uh, this this uh, this was a surprise to many people, but if you really look at it, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise. I said this before, and I said this during our last episode. Those the first two rounds from Gonzaga should have been a warning sign. And I know that folks want to say, oh, well, you know, maybe, you know, you know, Memphis is good. And yes, they are. And, you know, Georgia State was actually a pretty decent, you know, 16th seed. But still, that should have been a warning sign to some of you. And, you know, are we, are we ready to have that conversation about Gonzaga yet? Are we? Are we ready to find the combo? Because I, I feel like, you know, you know, the excuses are being made. Some people said, well, the referees, you know, it was the refs that cost of the game. You know, I saw that the other little thing that you know, ESPN is doing. I think, oh, please. You could probably say that the reason why they even got this far was because of the refs. But, you know, again, you're already having that conversation. But uh, here's the thing with Gonzaga. Their last, you know, five times they, you know, as a number one seed. Ready? They won. They lost the national title, title game last year to Baylor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lost in the Elite Eight. In 2019, lost national title game, you know, in 2017, North Carolina, and they lost in the uh, the second round when they were number one seed. They were the first, you know, number one seed to go down that 2013 tournament. So, you know, that's right up there with uh, Oklahoma. They now have they're now tied with Oklahoma as of most times as the one mm-hmm. seed without a, without a title. Now, look, Oklahoma doesn't have a rich, you know, basketball history. You know, they've got, you know, they had some, you know, nice little setups you know, in the 80s, 90s, and you know, early 2000s. They're kind of on their way up with Porter Moser. We'll see where how far he gets them in these next couple of years. But even still, Gonzaga is one of those teams where, look, they, they look they play a really good, you know, preseason schedule and, you know, go into, you know, holiday tournaments and such. You know, then, you know, okay, granted, you know, the West Coast Conference was a little bit better this year. St. Mary's had a really solid, great team this year. You know, they kind of, you know, been leaning the last couple of years. San Fran made the tournament for the first time since 98. But even still, that, that, that conference isn't top to bottom, isn't very good. So they're not battle-tested. And look, they were close to losing to a, a like a, a lower D1 that's transitioning to D1. So now this should be a surprise mm-hmm. to anybody. Now, look, you know, Timmy, Chet Holmgren, you know, those look, those are really great players and such. But, you know, once you know, look, Arkansas did what you know, this look, this is sort of like the old, like, you know, from the 90s Arkansas teams where you had like Nolan Richardson, not, 40 minutes of hell. Not necessarily <laughs> to that level, but, you know, their defense, you know, Jalen Williams, you know, definitely, you know, blocked out some of those, uh, some of those guys, you know, Jaden Note, who's probably one of the best centers. That you know, you know, what best you know, guards and like you know, in the mm-hmm. you know, I think both of them were both like SEC, all SEC teams. You know, they were definitely led the way there. You know, he had 21 points, Note did, and made some you know, key shots and such. You know, the transition, I mean, once the second half started, you know, you could tell that okay, maybe they're on this one because their transition, you know, they kept Gonzaga going to the transitional, you know, even when Gonzaga had a fast break, Arkansas was right there to kind of cut them off at the mm-hmm. pass. Their defense, you know, is very like stifling. And you know what? I mean, look, 
look, you know, Arkansas, this isn't their first royal. They weren't afraid. And look, Eric Musk went to his credit and sort of used that as motivation. Like, look, nobody said that they had a shot. You know, and this is the look, a lot of those guys are back from last year. So look, I know I know I don't want to get into a long tangent about it since we got other games to talk about, but I think for me, you know, Arkansas is showing you why that look, I can give you could play the whole like, well, they lost early in the SC terminal, blah, 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 whatever. But it's what you do now. And what they're doing mm-hmm. now is nothing short of remarkable. I don't want to put this out there, but I'm going to for conversational purposes. Uh, does is Mark Few is he starting? Will he start to hear whispers about his job within the next couple of years if they keep doing the same thing? Because remember, they were the Cinderella program back in the late 90s in the early 2000s. Now that's a national powerhouse. No, they don't get the 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 top blue chippers like a Duke or North Carolina or Kansas, but it's a national program now. If they keep doing this again next year and a year after that, does he start to hear whispers about his job? I mean, we'll get we'll get to you know his former top assistant who people thought probably would have got that job, but he has you know, I don't think he has his own problems, but I think you know his team lost or we'll get to them in a second. But yeah, I, I mean look, I think Mark View, look, he's doing what he can. Look, they got, he got Chet Holmgren from here in Illinois. So it's it's not like he can't get the recruits. It's that can you do what enough to win the whole thing? We saw what happened in the national championship game last year against Baylor. Baylor ran them out of the gym. So yeah. it's one of those things where you're probably like, you know what? I, I don't know. Like, look, you, you go against a team like a Baylor or an Arkansas that can kind of, you know, stifle you down and kind of chain you down on the defensive side. And if you can score, you can win. So it's sort of one of those things where you kind of say, look, you know, street yard brawl, as Brenda Hayer called that national championship game, is very similar to what happened, you know, last night with Arkansas. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's – I think it's just other parameters. I don't think it's him. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in the 11 color. Sid Lakina here with you, reviewing Thursday's games from the NCAA tournament. Let's go to the South region. Number one, Arizona goes down to Houston. Uh, the Cougars get the best of the Wildcats, 72 to 60. Jamal Shedd led Houston with 21 points, four rebounds, six assists. And Arizona's Dalen Terry had 17 points, six assists, and three, six rebounds, and three assists. Houston started off that game on a 14-4 run. Lakina, we told we told you guys this in our last episode on Monday. It wouldn't be surprised if Houston pulled off this upset. Uh, we saw what they did last Sunday afternoon against Illinois, and, and they continued that momentum again last night against Arizona. Yeah, uh, Jamal Shedd and Kyler Edwards. I mean, both I believe both are uh, all you know all you know AAC guys. And look, you know that's a veteran squad, so it's not like. Yeah, I know they lost, you know, two of their, their like, top scores earlier this year. But, look, I think this is a testament to what, you know, Calvin Sampson, what a great, you know, coaching job he's done with that program. You saw Akeem Olajuwon there yesterday. That was really cool seeing him in San Antonio. And, yeah. look, it, you know, great to see. It, look, you know, we'll, we'll get to some of the other people, guys that were there. But, yeah, look, I think Houston, Houston, you know, did what they're supposed to. They did the same thing as Illinois. They, you know, they stifled you, mm-hmm. the, you with the defense. And also, too, Arizona just wasn't hitting their shots. And I think – Lack of experience that they got to Arizona a little bit because no one thought Arizona could get this far. They're ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. I think people need to kind of just, you know, I, I know that Arizona fans, you know, thought that maybe, you know, maybe they'd be up there, especially once they won the Pac-12 tournament and, you know, the regular season. They got number one, the number one C. But look, Tommy Lloyd's got that, you know, team on the way up. And uh, assuming that Mathurin, you know, stays and, and such. And they, I think, like, Arizona will be back. I, I have no doubt about that. The future is by for Arizona. Now, as for Houston, like, Houston, look, I think that their defense, also, like I said, their experience, look, we, we saw what they can do. They were really close. They've been to the Final Four. They were really close to the end last year, going back to the Final Four. So, 
we'll see. I, I mean, look, I think Houston could definitely be, especially since they're playing like basically like only about like two hours away from their campus. So, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, I really like, you know, what Kelvin Sansa has done to that pro for that program, kind of getting it back up to Providence. Let's stay in that South region as uh, Chicago's very own Jawan Howard, the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Their season is now concluded because number two Villanova and Jay Wright's crew uh, holds off the, the Michigan Wolverines 63 to 55. Hunter Dickinson for Michigan had 15 points, 15 rebounds. And Jermaine Samuels for the Wildcats had 22 points and seven rebounds. Again, experience. I think experience sort of got to, you know, got to them in the end. Look, I think Villanova is another one of those teams where they got, look, they've, you've got a veteran, you know, guard play. You got Connor Gillespie, you got Jamal Moore, Justin Moore, I say, and you know, those guys have been around forever. So, look, this isn't their first rodeo. And look, the fact that, you know, that experience sort of, you know, caught, you know, caught up with, you know, Michigan, I think, you know, they couldn't hit their shots, you know, their, their, their threes they were hitting earlier in the tournaments. You know, it's really cool that, you know, Villanova is showing you that experience and that they're going back to the elite eight. And again, this is again, this is not their first you know, rodeo into this. They actually mm-hmm. are the underdog against Houston, believe it or not, like by three. I saw in like the latest um, odds. So they might use that as motivation. Who knows? But uh, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting what, what they do, because I, I think, look, you know, again, experience. This is really the experience factor that's coming in. And you saw that last night with Villanova. You know, Michigan made it interesting for a little bit, but, you know, look, you know, Gillespie hit some big shots late in the game. Moore made some uh, big, you know, big shots at the end of the game, near the end of the game to kind of you know, keep mm-hmm. keep uh, Michigan, you know, at bay. And look, Jermaine Samuels, another one of those, you know, seniors who, you know, no, this isn't his first rodeo either. So I think, look, the experience definitely was a key here for Villanova. And let's stay in the West region in, in the last game from last night, number two, Duke. And congratulations to Coach K earning his 100th victory in the NCAA tournament in his coaching career. They hold off the Texas Tech Red Raiders 78-73. to Adonis Arms for Texas Tech had 13 points and seven rebounds for uh, for Texas Tech. They, the Hungan Air Clubs actually had to leave for a while, but Duke was able to make some plays down the stretch. Yeah, they they really did. And, and I feel like, well, what did you think about this? Because I, I feel like this is sort of one of those like, kind of underrated games, I feel like. Uh, it was. It, I thought Texas Tech was going to was gonna hold off Duke for a while there. And we talked about in uh, previewing uh, this game on our last episode on Monday, Lakina, who was the first one to score to 90. It didn't get quite that far, but uh, Duke caught fire at the last uh, uh, the last few minutes. Uh, Texas Tech started to miss their shots. I, th- I thought, in my opinion, that was mm-hmm. the difference in the game. Yeah, I well, like I like I told you guys about Tech. I've been telling you guys like the last like, you know the whole season. Tech depends on the three a little bit too much for my for my liking. And once they didn't hit their threes, and look, Jeremy Roach, I think scored I think like the last like ten points of that you know those last few minutes mm-hmm. for Duke. So including you know some big you know uh, key free throws. So he was sort of like the driving force there. And I think they're playing inspired. I know that like, people don't like you know Coach K. They're not big fans of theirs, but fans of his, but. I, I feel like, you know what, there's a sense of, like, you know what, I think they're playing, like, maybe, hey, let's win one for Coach K. And, look, I think, you know, Roach said in, the, in his interview with Tracy Wolfson uh, last night, you guys caught that after the game. But, look, I think Duke, mm-hmm. look, Duke did just enough. I mean, they were able to kind of get through that defense, you know, because you thought that maybe, you know, Tech's defense would kind of, you know, like, you know, just sort of, you know, keep them at bay. And they did. You know, they had, you know, some great steals early on. But their three-pointers, I think they were, like, two, like two of their last, like, nine or something which is not good 
So they weren't hitting their threes. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Friday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago Live in the Living Color. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina, let's preview tonight. Give a quick preview of tonight's uh, ball games. The last half of the brackets for the round of 16 will conclude tonight at 6.09 p.m. Central Standard Time on CBS. The number 15 ranked St. Peter's uh, Peacocks will play the number three ranked Purdue Boilermakers in the East region in the round of 16. And this will take place at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. Does St. Peter have another upset in them or will Purdue hold them off? Look, uh, you never, you don't want to count out St. Pete's at this point. But look, that East region, you know, no Baylor, no Kentucky. You know, mm-hmm. Purdue's the top seed left, the highest seed left in that that bracket. If you're Purdue, you better take the uh, take it. And look, I think St. Pete's. I think you know, I'm sure Matt Painter is telling Jay Ivey and the rest of the guys that look, don't take St. Pete's lightly. They're they're not playing not too far from uh, from their campus. And look, I'm mm-hmm. sure there aren't that many people that at the school, but I'm sure there are going to be a lot of folks that are going to be cheering hard for them. So. I think yeah. it's, also, it's probably going to be a very hostile environment. And I, I feel like, you know what? Look, you know, take take the advantage. I think, you know, look, I think Purdue's got like two like guys like seven feet or something or near like seven foot. So yeah. take that size to your advantage. And look, you know, score early, score often, and, you know, try to put them away early. At the United Center here in Chicago in the Midwest region at 6.29 p.m. on TBS, number one, Kansas, the Jayhawks will host number four, Providence. Yeah, Bill Self is eight and two in a, in a Sweet Sixteen games since he's been at Kansas. So look, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a fight. This could be like first to ninety. I feel like I know Kansas struggled a little bit against Creighton, you know, but they did enough mm-hmm. you know, defensively. Providence can play defense very well. Again, another team that depends on the three a lot. So that mm, might be a little bit of a uh, of a, a fear fact, you know, fear here, but. I mean, you know, you don't want this could be back and forth. This could be like one of those games because if you don't, you know, even if you go up on the Flyers early, we've seen the Flyers come back, you know, multiple times this year. So it's not mm-hmm. like even if, if you, you know, if the Jayhawks go you know, down them early, they're not going to give up. So they got a veteran squad. So yeah, I feel this could be another one of those, you know, those games where you kind of feel like, you know what, there's going to be a lot of people there cheering for Kansas, you know, and being here in Chicago at the UC. Yeah. So they could, you know, they could play. That's their advantage. So this could be a really good game. I think this could be a lot closer, but I think Kansas should, should have this one. At 8.39 p.m. on CBS, it's the second game of the East region from Philadelphia. Number eight, North, North Carolina <laughs> against number four, UCLA Bruins. Lakina, as I said before in our last couple of episodes, Hubert Davis has done a fine job with North Carolina. I think he's going to get some uh, recruits this offseason to help them uh, be better next year. But uh, everything else is gravy uh, from from this point on. They barely uh, survived last uh, 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 last Saturday afternoon against Baylor. Well, they're facing a tough uh, UCLA team who was in the Final Four uh, last year. Th- this should be another classic game. This should be another – this, like, this will be the first time that, you know, these two teams have, you know, have mm-hmm. met in, in the tournament. So this should be another good one. But I think, again, experience. I think you, know, you got a lot of those guys back from that Final Four squad from UCLA – from last year, so the, the I know, um, you know, one of their guys, you know, they, this questionable. I forgot, you know, I think it's Jukes, I think, but uh, it should be one of another a class one. But I think UCLA's experience is what will get them, you know, get them there. And the last game of the night will be at nine o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on TBS from the United Center here in Chicago, Iowa State versus Miami. You talk about two. I don't want to say Cinderella teams, but uh, I'll definitely nobody gave Miami, the University of Miami, credit of making it this far. But I don't think to me people had Iowa State making it this far either. 
Yeah, but this could be one of those coin flips. I mean, both of you have like a defense, totally different defenses uh, styles. And look, this could be like your know, first 60. I know there are going to be a lot of people cheering for Miami, maybe you know, with Charlie, with the Charlie Moore connection, you know, you know from you know, to Morgan Park mm-hmm. and such. So this could be a really good one. And look, look this, you know, it's weird that this is like the last game <laughs> uh, from that region. You know, I don't know who made the schedule, but I, I guess, but <laughs> I digress. But yeah, this could be a good one. I think, look, no one really had either one of these teams, you know, making it this far in the Midwest, but you know, both took down, you know, some giant killers to get there. So I, I feel like, you know, they're from, they're from like power conferences. It's not like these guys are from like smaller, you know, smaller conferences. So this could be a, this could definitely be like one of those like, oh, like playground battles. But, you know, we'll see. It should, it should be a fun one. I mean, look, they both teams are not, you know, this will be their first time, you know, for some of these guys and some of these guys are transfers. So, and they've been to the tournament before with their other schools. So this could be one of those things where who who has that, you know, that mentality, sort of like that defensive mentality, but should be a fun one. You're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Say Lakina here with you. We have a few minutes left before we switch over to Bulls talking, of course, the NBA with our good friend Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago. Lakina, since we have a few minutes left in this segment, let's uh, the schedule for tomorrow, Saturday, uh, is set at 5.09 p.m. on TBS from San Antonio. We'll have Houston versus Villanova in the South region. Who takes this one? Should it's a tough one. I know that uh Houston is a is a favorite less. I check at their three point favorite. You know, it's just it's a home game San, for them. Yeah, San Antonio only a couple hours away from you know from Houston, so and their campus. So that, that you know it might be a hostile crowd there, but you know, both teams have have experience. You think so it won't it'll definitely be like who wants it more. And I heard some people say it's gonna be like how how it's called because you know how physical Houston is. So, but, you know, again, you know, who hits their shots, who makes those stops, and this could go down to the wire. I, I mean, look, I had Villanova coming out of this region, you know, oddly enough, so I guess I'll stick with them, but I wouldn't be surprised if Houston pulls it out. I believe I did, too. I forgot all about my brackets after last weekend, so... <laughs> So it's, it's like watching a gravy train for me at this point. And at 7.49 p.m. tomorrow on TBS uh, in the West region, we'll have Arkansas versus Duke at the Chase Center from San Francisco. I'm cheering hard as hell for Arkansas, but I just got that sneaky feeling that Coach King and his crew will get it done. This but it's not going to be easy, though. This will be their first. This will be their first uh, meeting Turner wise. Yeah, all the way back to the '94 national championship game. Of course, you know Scotty mm-hmm. Thurman hit that uh, that three pointer, that go ahead three. I should say. Of course, President Clinton, you know who was there at the time. You know who was the Arkansas grad was there cheering hard Holy for them. I'll never inhaled. <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, but yeah. I mean, look, I, I, look. I think Arkansas. This could be one of those another one of those classic games where. You got to say experience, you know, for a lot of these new guys. I mean, I'm sure the pressure will be on them. They're the higher seed. They're going to be favored. I, I, again, this could be one of those. This could be like a look, first of 50 because you can't afford to have that big of a, a start that they had uh, last night against Tech, against Arkansas, because mm-hmm. Arkansas will make you pay. So it should be one of those, you know, interesting, another classic ones. I mean, look, I love that fact that you, you get upset, but it all comes down. When it comes down to it, like some of the best programs sort of step up, and we'll see who step up here. Now, again, I think Duke, you know, I know her, our good buddy Layla Raheem, we'll get to her news about her in a little bit later in the show. But, you know, I know she said this is all set up for Duke. You know, maybe not. I mean, look, it's not like, you know, Arkansas would be their first time for Arkansas. For a lot of those guys that do this would be the first time, you know, doing this deep into the tournament. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But it'll be a close one. But I, I'll say Duke. But don't be surprised if Arkansas sneaks in there. 
It's all about the hustle plays, and as you said, who wants it more, especially during the crucial moments of the game. Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago, who covers the Bulls like a blanket, will join us to talk uh, about the Bulls in the rest of the NBA. Are you worried as a Bulls fan, or are you just laying back and chilling and said, bring, bring on the playoffs and we see what happens? We'll get into that a whole lot more with our guests. Coming up next, you're listening to Second City Sports, real live and in living color. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109, the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Friday edition on the hashtag fun, Friday Fun Fun Friday, whatever the hell we want to call it. <laughs> We're live and in living color right here at Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. And for this uh, break, uh, for, for our next guest, if you want to, uh, if you have a question for our next guest regarding the Bulls or the NBA, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. You can follow our next guest at Rob underscore Shafe on Twitter. That's once again, Rob underscore Shafe on Twitter. He's our good friend of the show. He's Mr. Rob Schaefer, who covers the Bulls like a blanket for NBC Sports Chicago. Let's bring him in right now. Good afternoon, how are you? Good, how are you guys? Doing good. good. Try not to panic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you and everybody else, huh? <laughs> yes, I mean... Last night's game against the Pelicans, I'm, I'm look, I was turning back and forth from March Madness, so I wasn't really paying attention too much. Mm-hmm. DeRose is out with that growing. I, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not panicking yet, Rob. I was like, you know, I was telling us before we started recording. But I'm I'm start I'm not too relaxed. I'm kinda like right in the middle. So 
what you think of these last few games for the Bulls? It just, I think they're, I think a lot of their holes are showing. Yeah, listen, it's been a tough stretch at three and ten in their last thirteen games. Um, they, you know this this defensive slide that they've been on has been happening really since the initial injuries to Lonzo and and Caruso. Now the offense has taken a step back as well. Familiar themes: opposing guards are really killing them. The offensive boards are killing them. Um, there's just a lack of uh, force or physicality that they're playing with that Billy Donovan has spoken about a couple times. Uh, it's just been a tough stretch, really, at the worst time. I mean, this is the time of year you want to be peaking, right? And this is probably the worst basketball they've played over an extended stretch the last month or so all season. I guess panic, though, kind of depends on what your expectations are. I mean, I think there was a thought early in the season that this team was on a path to proving it was a title contender. That looks like a conversation of the past at this point. I think at this point, the focus has got to be on staying out of the play-in, staying probably out of that six seed and trying to get the most advantageous four or five matchup that they can. They're even slipping out of the possibility of getting to that four seed and having home court advantage. And they're a team that's, you know, been amazing at home this season, 26 and 10. The UC has been rocking, but on the road, they're an under 500 team. So even if they're in that four or five matchup against a team like Boston, not having home court advantage is a possibility that would, that would scare me uh, if I were the Bulls. So, you know, panic depends on expectation. There's still eight games or nine games to, to turn it around. Uh, they've got a couple winnable ones here. The Cleveland one on Saturday is important. Then you've got Washington and New York. Those teams are out of the picture at this point. So maybe you could bank some wins there, but nothing's been guaranteed. I mean, lose to a 30 win Pelicans team. They lost to a 25 win Sacramento team last week. Uh, it's been, it's been a tough stretch. They got to find a way to pull their way out of it um, without, without, you know, potentially even having Lonzo back uh, for the rest of the season. So it's, 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 it's dark times. It's not over yet, but it's they certainly have a lot of issues to iron out. Speaking of injuries, Rob, you brought his name up, Alex Caruso. Of course, yeah. his impact has been felt ever since his return from that wrist injury a few weeks ago. But it seems like to me, unlike early in the season when most of the team was healthy, that his energy trickled down to the rest of the guys. And Now, do I blame him? for what they're going through right on now. No, but since, it, since his absence, as you mentioned, they have given up over 115 points a game. Caruso's doing his thing, but it seems like the rest of the guys are not picking up on his leadership. Well, it's difficult, right? It's difficult to expect, first of all, one person in general to come yeah. in and fix all that was going wrong, and especially a guard, right? I mean, it's just it's, – it's a little bit limited what you can do if your primary skill set is point-of-attack defense, individual defense. That's valuable, but it's difficult to plug every hole that the Bulls have right now just from that one spot. So I think that's a part of it. And also, you know, as impactful, and I think the, I think the numbers before he came back would show that Caruso probably had a little bit more individual impact just strictly by the numbers than Lonzo did. It was really the combination of them together that was so dynamic and it really was anchoring the Bulls' defense because then you have two guys kind of flying around causing havoc. It's a, it's a little bit easier to, you know, plug multiple holes at once when you have both of those guys so I think that is still the thing that kind of hangs over the Bulls is, you know, what would the season have been if Lonzo had never gotten hurt? What could it be if he was to return? The problem with forecasting return for him is that he's not even running right now. He's obviously had knee surgery uh, coming up on two months ago. We're coming up on the, you know, end of that six to eight week timeline that they thought he was going to be back on. He's not going to be back before the end of that at the very least. And, you know, at the end of the month, they're going to reevaluate his ability to run if he doesn't come out of this little 10 day pause here, you know, make having made significant progress and his ability to sprint and cut, it's really coming up against it to get back before the end of the regular season. And then it's just a difficult proposition to expect him to jump straight into a playoff series and be the Lonzo mm -hmm. ball that he was early in the season, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 
So, you know, Caruso has had his moments, I agree, where he's impacted them. They've had a couple games, like that Toronto game, that that was a big win last week mm-hmm. at home, where they were really forcing turnovers, getting out on the break. And that was the identity of this team when they were, you know, so playing at such an elite level at the beginning of the season. So there have been moments, but unfortunately for one guy, it just has, it's just hard for the team-wide buy-in to be consistent when it's really just one dude. And, you know, I don't want to totally downplay the efforts of other guys. Like, you know, I think Zach Levine had a couple really nice defensive sequences last night. Mm-hmm. Vooch tries, DeMar tries, but this roster was constructed to have Lonzo and Caruso healthy and have them kind of buoy the defense. Whereas you just have a lot of guys that they can, they can put forth as good an effort as they want. They're just not defensive players. DeMar DeRozan and Nicole Vucevic specifically, and, and Zach to, to an extent. They just haven't been defensive players in their career, like positive impact defensive players. They've had moments of getting to that level this year, but ultimately that if, if we had known coming into the season that those guys were going to be asked to you know, carry that burden for the most part, and it has been that way mostly because of injuries, we wouldn't have expected them to be a good defensive team, and they haven't been for a little while now. You actually already answered my question about Alonzo and his status, so you, you already mm-hmm. covered that. So I'll go to my next question. Um, Io Io has you know kind of showed some progress earlier, but he's you know doing rookie tendencies, you know making mistakes and such. Yeah, Kobe. Yeah, Kobe White had a twenty-three off the bench last night. Is there any word that maybe they might switch that up a little bit? Well, no, no word. I, I don't know if Billy would tip his hand, but I mean, you you could just tell by the way he was playing them last night that he was willing to go to Kobe over IO. I mean, he, he pulled IO early in the third quarter for Kobe and then Caruso yeah. got in foul trouble. So IO had to come back in. So I, I think he still ended up with more raw minutes than Kobe, uh, but Kobe was in the closing lineup, um, you know, when the game was, you know, still within reach before the Pelicans kind of pulled away at the end there. So, you know, I think the case with Kobe and IO, it's been a topic of conversation all year, right? Where it seems like one person's rotation opportunity has to come at the expense of the other, because this team is so guard heavy. You just can't play this many guards, heavy minutes. Uh, or else the size disadvantage is going to catch up to you. And, it, and that that kind of has caught up to the Bulls uh, to an extent. It seems like Billy's kind of going with the hot hand approach to this one. And I, I think that's probably the only way you can handle it. Uh, he started Io last night, I would guess, for defensive purposes. Because, you know, New Orleans, even without Brandon Ingram, has a pretty dynamic backcourt with Devontae Graham and, and CJ McCollum. Mm-hmm. But then once it was evident that it was a hot Kobe night and Io, you know, I don't think you could criticize him for it because he's been so amazing this season. But it was always going to happen that the wall was going to hit at some point. He's been playing 36 to 38 minutes a game for months on end. He's been starting at point guard. I mean, it's, it's a lot for a first year player. Um, so I think that it's probably his little offensive slump of late is probably a product of that. Uh, Kobe looks good last night. He did end up fouling out. And, you know, yeah. even for Kobe before that game, it's not as if it had been a, a hot stretch for him before he had had a really, a really poor game against the Bucks. Um, and that, that kind of slump had stretched back to the West coast trip of last week. So, you know, I, I think at this point, if you can get positive contributions from one of those guys a night and then ride them more minutes wise, that's probably the way to go. Uh, when the team is as healthy as they're going to be this year, i.e. with DeMar back, cause he missed the game last night with a groin strain, both of those guys will be coming off the bench. And I think that balance will be a little bit, um, easier to find, but, uh, you know, it seems like IO is the defensive option when Billy needs that. And Kobe is the shooting, the instant offense option. And uh, I think the Bulls will just have to play matchups and see which one of those they need more, you know, in a specific game moving forward. You're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports right here on Sports on Chicago. Silly Keenan here with you. We are joined by uh, by our guest and good friend of the show, Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago. He covers the Bulls like a blanket. You also you can catch him periodically on the Bulls top 
Talk podcast where we get your podcast. Make sure you support it and listen to it. Rob, let's talk about Patrick Williams. He made mm-hmm. his return earlier earlier this week against Toronto in limited action. You saw his impact uh, in that game. Uh, he played 17 minutes last night. Two re- two rebounds, two points. Uh, uh, assess his his uh, limited playing time for us, and when do you expect that to increase? Yeah, I I think he looked pretty good in the Toronto game. Better than I expected. Uh, mm-hmm. Took eight shots in 19 minutes. Um, looked comfortable, uh, had a couple nice defensive plays. Uh, the, the problem with Pat is just coming off of such a traumatic injury and such a long absence, they clearly are easing him in, right? Like he's on a 25 minute restriction, but he hasn't really even come close to touching that. Like he played 19 minutes against Toronto. Um, he was down around 17 or 18 minutes, uh, against new Orleans. So, you know, there's clearly an easing in process happening. He had a, he had a couple nice moments in the first quarter last night. And then the impact, you know, as the game went on was, was a little bit more subdued. Um, I think he's looked about as fine as you could expect coming off of the long injury absence. It's a tough situation to drop him in, you know, with, with the games being as high leverage as they are right now. Um, you know, it, the Toronto game has definitely been the peak of how good he's looked. It's only been three games, so we'll see how it progresses. Again, a couple good matchups, uh, especially that that Wizards game and that Knicks game. You know, those, those to me, the Bulls have to win those and win those handily and really, like, mm-hmm. lay foundational building blocks to go, you know, for the stretch run in the, in the playoffs. Um, the, the the thing about Pat, though, if he can start to progress a little bit more linearly in a, in a positive direction, I think one of the big moves that Billy Donovan has left in his quiver is to potentially move him into the starting lineup if he can get to the point that his conditioning and his comfortability and his or his comfort and his uh, his level of play, you know, allows that to happen. Because, you know, you put him at that four spot, it's a little bit more of a defensive presence, a little bit more size. Um, not that Javante Green hasn't been a good defensive player this year. He's filled in capably, but, um, you know, your number four overall pick who showed such potential last year, you would hope he was the guy that could step into that role. The injury has uh, set him back a little bit, but it would be big if he could play his way into that role down the stretch of the season. I just think with a couple more games, you got to hope to see him get up into that mid twenties, you know, minute per game range and, you know, sustaining a positive impact to know that he might be ready for that increased opportunity. Okay, let's talk Tristan Thompson for a second, Rob. I, I, it, it's a, uh, you know, he's a very interesting uh, character. We've known this mm-hmm. for a few years now. Uh, do you think he'll? Do you think uh, Coach Donovan will show more of like you know the Thompson Vooch sort of you know Twin Towers? I know that they tried it a couple of times. It didn't really work. Are they going to keep doing it? And how do you think he's been fitting in with the Bulls so far? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I think Tristan was brought in to bring a level of intensity and championship experience. I mean, he certainly, you know brought that he's a messenger of kind of all the, the things that the bulls need to improve on. And, and he speaks from a, a seat of credibility just because he's won at the highest level and he's been a part of, you know, great teams in his career. Uh, I think his role seems pretty sad. He's, he's the backup center. Uh, I think he kind of his effectiveness, you kind of have diminishing returns on it. If you play him more than 12 to 15 minutes a night uh, at this stage of his career, he still, you know, can bring good energy and spurts still, still a great rebounder. Uh, but never really had the size, uh, uh, you know, to be a traditional rim protector and, you know, losing a little bit of his ex- explosiveness. That that shows up um, when you watch him. Uh, the pairing of him and Vucevic in the front court, like you said, I, I mean, they tried it out, um, especially in that Milwaukee game in Chicago, just to give the Bulls a little bit of size, a little bit of heft inside. It did, You know, the returns on it were just not great. And I think just on paper, you look at that configuration and it's just, it's just hard for the Bulls offensively to survive with, you know, that, you know, Tristan in the front court and you just take, you know, you, or you put a non-shooter on the floor, I suppose is the best way to say it. The spacing gets mucked up. Um, it's just a little awkward. It, it seems a little clunky to me when they ran with it um, a couple weeks ago. So 
I personally would be surprised to see that. And, uh, you know, made even more so by the fact that now you have Derek Jones Jr. back, you have Patrick Williams back, you have options at that power forward spot that are probably a little bit better um, than throwing Tristan Thompson in there. So, you know, I, I think he was a buyout signing, right? It, there was never going to be a high ceiling. He was never going to like come in and, you know, be one of the best four or five players on the team. I think he's been serviceable for what he is, which is an energy big. And, uh, you know, if the Bulls are able to turn this around, I think it'll be a credit to his, uh, you know, locker room message delivering, you know, if he's able to, mm-hmm. if, if they're able to instill some of these changes that they, that they need to make down the stretch. Yeah, speaking of another big guy, you mentioned him, Nikolai Vucevic. We were all mm-hmm. happy last year when he was acquired from Orlando. Uh, we gave AK and GM Mark Everson all the credit in the world. We, we, most of us uh, logical NBA fans, uh, basketball fans, knew know what Vucevic is. He's a great offensive player, and he's not a great defensive player. But this mm-hmm. year, you can ask Lakina. We talked about this before, Lakina. She's on Bulls Twitter way more than I am. And, and, and I feel like the many Bulls fans are – I'm not saying Vucevic is, is free of criticism because he's not, but I think yeah. that at times with many Bulls fans um, – I hate to use this harsher term, but Vucevic is the whipping boy of the Bulls' favorite failures and i think at times is a little bit un- unfair uh talk to us about vucevic where you do you ex- what do you expect from him going forward as we head towards the playoffs yeah well vooch is vooch is a really important piece especially offensively and i think the subtleties maybe get lost a little bit to your point there, like the screen setting the passing mm-hmm. he's such a good connected passer um you know his shooting has been really down this year and i think that's <laughs> that's hurt him and hurt the bulls to an extent um he does space the floor though he does still get guarded out there but you know, when the Bulls traded two first round picks and went out Carter Jr. for him at the trade deadline last year, like they didn't think they were trading for a 30% three point shooter. He was in the middle of the best three point shooting season of his career. And that continued mm-hmm. with the Bulls last year. It's just, you know, been a, a down shooting season for him, even though over the course of the season, his rim finishing, his mid range shooting has all gotten better. It's really been that three point shooting that's lagged behind. Still, you know, at the bare minimum with, with, his, with his rebounding, with his screen setting, with the passing, and with his, you know, interior scoring, Booch is, you know, like you said, he is who he is. We we know that he's an all-star caliber offensive player at this point in his career. He's a vet. Uh, defensively, you always knew it was going to be, uh, you know, it was going to be something that the Bulls were going to need to work around. I don't think he's as much of a zero as people make him out to be sometimes. I mean, he's got decent hands. Um, he's just, it's just the mobility for him, right? Just moving laterally, um, you know, uh, being that kind of dynamic athletic presence at the rim, protecting the rim. Those are not his strengths. I will say it looked a lot better, and I'm not trying to be a injuries excuse person here, but Vucevic looked a lot better in the team's defensive scheme when they had Lonzo and Caruso working at full tilt because if you have guys that are getting over screens that are really bothering opposing ball handlers and preventing dribble penetration, it takes a lot off of Vucevic's plate. And I think mm-hmm. the last couple months what you've seen is you know, that perimeter defense lacking, and then he's getting exposed uh, a little bit more. So. Uh, you know, I, I expect Vooch to continue to produce as he's produced offensively, um, as long as the Bulls can find him in his spots. I mean, he's he's had a couple good games in a row, actually, shooting-wise here. Um, so hopefully he can build off that. Uh, defensively, though, you know, it's the, the issue is there's just not a lot of versatility in terms of the schemes the Bulls can run. So you got to hope that the perimeter defenders can step up and, and help him out a little bit. Because defensively, like, I know Vooch is not the strongest presence. I have a hard time criticizing him for that only because – it's not as if he doesn't try and his it's, it's, this has been, you know, the story of his career. This is who he is as a player. And to me, if you're, you know, upset with the schemes that the bulls are able or unable to play with boots, that's more of a team building thing to me. Um, because to me, he's had the big picture of it before this recent couple weeks stretch here. He's had one of the better defensive seasons of his career, not the best defensive season of his career. 
He's raised his level to a degree on that end. It's just a matter of how much he's actually, you know, capable of giving. So, uh, you know, I expect Vooch to continue, you know, being that third offensive option, um, a key, you know, hub that they run offense through. Um, and then defensively, you know, if, if things turn around and you can get Lonzo back or if the level of perimeter defense changes, you know, maybe he could get back to his kind of being handsy, getting in passing lanes, getting steals and deflections and things like that. Cause that's when he's at his best. Let's talk about the rest of the NBA for a second, Rob. Uh, mm-hmm. The East is sort of, you know, getting, you know, there's a log down there. There's only like a game and a half between first and fourth place. Uh, Miami's been struggling. You know, they lost to the Warriors on Wednesday, who did not have Steph Clay or Draymond. And of course, you know, Jimmy Butler, he does, has them got into it on the sidelines. It's sort of like, you know, the little tip that was, you know, seen all over uh, mm-hmm. you know, social media. Uh, who do you think is the favorite in the East? You know, you got the Fox, Sixers. Celtics, can they keep up what they're doing? I think I got to go Bucks by default. Um, I I think those four teams, if you told me any of them came out of it, I wouldn't be shocked, shocked. I think they all have a, a puncher's chance, um, especially the Celtics. I mean, for them to be as hot as they are, I, I, think, I think it's fair to question whether it's sustainable, but the way that they defend, I think, could really translate well to a playoff environment. So we'll see. We'll see how that unfolds for them. Miami's obviously been at the top of the conference all year. Nothing really seems to shake them from an injury perspective or anything like that. They've, they've gone through a lot of adversity. And then Philly's got the, the star power of, of Embiid and Harden. Um, I go Bucks just because I, I just see them as a little bit of a steadier presence than a lot of these other teams. Uh, I have questions about, obviously, Harden's playoff capabilities. You have questions about the Celtics, what they're doing. Is it sustainable? Um, you know, the Heat, I, I, they're pretty battle-tested, so hard to have too many questions. Uh, about them other than maybe you know if their half court offense stalls out a little bit uh Milwaukee just because they just did it because Giannis is again playing at an MVP level even though he won't win the award this year Drew Holiday's having one of the best seasons of his career they just got Brooke Lopez back um they're scary I mean look at what they did to the Bulls the other night um and I, I know the Bulls are playing without Lonzo and uh but the Bucks were without Middleton and they still you know really routed them on their home court that's a pretty good home court advantage I think against any team that's not the Bulls because Bulls fans still still do dominate Pfizer for him whenever you go up there. That was a big takeaway from going up there uh, the other night was that Grayson Allen in his, in his home arena was uh, getting booed loudly enough that it was uh, noticeable because of all the Bulls fans that were there. Um, so that was kind of funny. Uh, but no, I, I it's got to be Milwaukee for me um, with the caveat that any of those four teams could do it. Uh, and no, I, I don't, uh, I don't buy Brooklyn as more than maybe a, a, you know, win one series type of team. I just don't know if the depth and the size is there if they don't get Simmons back. Um, so I'll go Milwaukee. Let's head over to the Western Conference, Rob, and talk about the Phoenix Suns. They get Chris Paul back. They mm-hmm. get an important win at Denver last night. It's Phoenix number one, Memphis number two, and Golden State number three. Is Phoenix Suns are the Phoenix Suns the team to be in the Western Conference, or do you see Memphis or Golden State, assuming that Steph Curry comes back for the playoffs, yeah. uh, giving the Suns a run, uh, um, um, taking over that spot once the playoffs start? I got to give it to the Suns, man. I, 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 you just can't take away from what they've done this season. And they've had, they've, they were without Booker for a little bit with COVID. They've obviously been without Chris Paul since the all-star break um, with his injury. And they're just a machine. I mean, they just don't stop. I mean, they have the top end star talent. They're the best clutch team in the league. They've got an unbelievable supporting cast. They shoot, they defend, they're versatile. Uh, They're well coached. Monty Williams, one of the best coaches in the league. I mean, I, I, he was my pick for coach of the year last year. He's in the discussion this year again, obviously. Um, They've got to be. I think they have completely earned the benefit of the doubt at this point. I'm taking them over anybody uh, in the Western Conference. Uh, You know, the one exception I think is if, like you said, Steph comes back healthy, if Clay can find a rhythm here going into the playoffs. 
I don't know how you count that team out, uh, Golden State. Um, but other than that, I mean, Memphis, I got nothing. I, I've got, you know, worlds of respect for what Memphis has does, done this season. The the uh, the inexperience of the team, and I don't necessarily mean that in a negative way, but just they're a young team. This is kind of their first deep playoff run together. They obviously played in the first round series last year. I, it would be just, I mean, it would be a remarkable story, but I would just be really surprised mm-hmm. if they were able to run through um, the what this Western Conference, a loaded Western Conference in their first, you know, year of being on that contention tier. Um, so I, I give it up to Phoenix. I hope though that Golden State can get healthy and get right and get firing on all cylinders for a Western Conference Finals matchup potentially. Um, because even if I might pick Phoenix in that series, I think it'd go six or seven, and it would just be incredibly competitive. And that Chris Paul Steph Curry rivalry goes back, you know, a long mm-hmm. time. And Steph Steph has gotten the best of that matchup more times than not. Uh, but you know. You can make an argument this is the best team Chris Ball has played on, uh, to be honest. I mean, even beyond those Slob City Clippers teams, just the level that they're playing at right now. Um, so, and, uh, you know, I just realized I'm accidentally kind of picking a finals rematch from last season. But to mm-hmm. me, Phoenix has been the best team in the league this season, and Milwaukee is probably the most consistent force in the East. So that that matchup, that happening again, um, wouldn't guarantee it, but it wouldn't surprise me either. Don't tell, don't tell those NBA executives that. Oh, God. Yeah, I'll say. The TV executive. Well, although the, the Rays were actually pretty good uh, last year, so not that they weren't too bad. But uh, last question for me, Rob. Uh, do you see any sleepers? Do you think either the Clippers or the Lakers, you know, can one of them sort of sneak in there? Or can, like, somebody from the East, can yeah. can the maybe the, Bull, maybe the Bulls? Or I know you already said the Nets. Nah, maybe not. Or, you know, can, can anybody kind of, like, be that sleeper team in the NBA to kind of sneak into the finals? I think the Nets are the best candidate in the East. Uh, Kyrie, KD have an argument for best duo in the league. You know, they have holes on that team, but like, you know, if those guys just get smoking hot for 16 games, they're just, it's just hard. Even the best defensive teams don't really have an answer for those two guys when they are really, really on. And with this vaccine mandate thing, just being recently lifted in New York, now Kyrie is going to be able to play in home games. Uh, You know, maybe I'm selling them a little bit short. I, I think they are, clearly the, the sleeper pick um, in the East. And I, yeah, you just have a hard time picking against them. I, I still think I would favor Miami, Philly, uh, Milwaukee in a series against them if they get up out of that plan. Uh, but it would be, it would be closely, closely contested. Um, so they, they, they would be a really good sleeper pick in the East. And then, I mean, the Lakers are dead in the water to me. I can't, I can't get there with them. Uh, Clippers, it doesn't look like Kawhi and PG are going to be back this year. So it's hard to count on them um, doing anything crazy either. Uh, maybe Dallas, Dallas count as a sleeper team. I mean, Luca's playing at a very high level right now. One thing that this team, this Dallas team does that others haven't, I know people might still say there is, they haven't surrounded Luca with enough star talent, but they're one of the best defensive teams in the league, which is not what the Mavericks have been for the last few years. Um, under Jason Kidd, they've really, um, ratcheted things up a notch on that end of the floor. Uh, so, you know, matchups provided, I, you know, I could see them getting out of the first round and then, you know, say they, catch a break or something in round two, maybe they get up to that three seed. I know that's kind of a, you know, high hill for them to climb with so few games left in the regular season. Um, but, you know, when you have a player who to me is the top five, seven player in the league in Luka Doncic uh, and, you know, a top defense that makes them a pretty scary proposition uh, come playoff time. So I'll say, I'll say Dallas in the West and I'll say Brooklyn in the East. Last question from me, Rob, as we, uh, we are joined by Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago, who covers the Bulls in the NBA. Rob, I know that it looks like Joel and B from Philadelphia is the leader in the clubhouse for MVP. I know some people say Steph Curry and John Moran from Memphis. It looks like both their regular seasons are over due to injuries. 
Uh, I was watching a couple of debate shows. I'm using that as, in air quotes, and people <laughs> are start talking about Devin Booker. Where, where does he rank as far as MVP is concerned? Who's your MVP as of today? Oh, man, that is the million-dollar question, huh? I mean, I want to say Jokic. I really think Jokic is the best player in the league. I think he's had an unbelievable impact on that Denver team for how decimated they are. But can you give the MVP to a guy who's the best player on a six seed? I'm not sure. I don't love the idea of doing that. Uh, but in such a tightly contested race, I think you can make an argument for Jokic, for Embiid, and for Giannis. Um, and then obviously, I mean, Booker deserves his flowers. Ja deserves his flowers. Mm-hmm. Steph, I mean, there's this perception that Steph Curry's having a down year, and he is by Steph Curry standards, but his numbers <laughs> would still be a career year for most people, and they're going to be a 50-win team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go Jokic. I don't feel great about it uh, just because of the, you know, the team results are a little bit below some of these other candidates. Uh, but, you know, the season's not over yet. Maybe they make a little push. Um, and get up in that high 40s win range, and it looks a little bit better. Uh, and ultimately, any of these people I pick, I would have reservations about. So uh, I'm going to go Jokic. Um, I don't think he will win it, though. I, I, I just think the voter fatigue thing, I'm not sure he wins it two years in a row. Um, my my prediction would be Embiid, but I think my pick right now is Jokic. All right, that was Rob Shaver, who covers the Bulls like a blanket for NBC Sports Chicago and you can listen to him periodically on the Bulls Talk podcast. You can download that wherever you get your uh, podcast. Rob, thank you very much uh, once again for joining us today right here on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Continue the great work, my friend, and let's talk again during the playoffs. Hopefully it's going to be a long playoff run for our Bulls. Anytime. Thanks. Anytime. Thanks, Brad. You stay safe. Thanks. All right, that was Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago. Sid, you know what? We're going to like right to the top of the hour, but guys, a lot of things coming up still. Yes, we have football to talk about. Uh, the Bears uh, have made another move uh, at a very important position. Deshaun Watson, now a new member of the Cleveland Browns, he spoke to the media, and we're going to have our girl. Christine Manica to talk sports and all other stuff in her bi-weekly uh, commentary. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Friday edition. We're live in Living Color. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler 
could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Avenue Number Two, a Second City Sports the Friday edition. We're live in the Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, uh, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I'm Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina Score McGee on the IG. Coming up later this hour, we'll be joined by our girl, Christy Manica from KXRB Radio in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, for her bi-weekly commentary in sports and much more. Lakina, let's uh, uh, kick off hour number two of this program uh, for Second City Sports by discussing uh, the NFL. But before we do that, if you have a question or comment for us during our 60-minute uh, extravaganza left in the show. You can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, as we said before, the NFL is a 12 month sport. And earlier this week, they didn't disappoint us. Tyreek Hill, the, the all pro wide receiver, Super Bowl champion from a couple years ago from the Kansas City Chiefs, has moved on to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a future first and second round picks. And he also uh, received a, a very well contract is extension from the Dolphins, so he will get paid. So Tyreek Hill, uh, him and the Chiefs couldn't work out an extension, and um, this is the harsh reality of the salary cap where we're living in the National Football League. Patrick Mahomes has the biggest contract in league history. Kansas City's uh, starting to find out the hard way that you got to build around others, but uh, you cannot keep everybody. Uh, um, your important parts will move on because you have to pay your star quarterback, but this is a good move for, for the Dolphins, but well, Tua Tungvaluwa take the next step uh, uh, in, in next year. Now he has, since he has a big target, wide receiver target in Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that's going to be the number one question because you know, Tua's still improving. I mean, he's you know, had his ups and his downs these last couple of years. And look, when that kind of you know went down the pike, I, I was like, really? But you know, of course, you know the money and such order came in. You know, he wasn't going to get Devontae Adams' money with the Chiefs, so. You know, let's go to Miami. You know, you got a quarterback who's a little bit younger, but, you know, again, we don't know what he is yet. So that's going to be another kind of question mark. Mm-hmm. Now, can Kansas, I'm sure Kansas, I'm sure you know, folks say, you know, we trust Kansas, you know, Kansas City to, you know, you know, find the next Tyreek Hill. It's going to be a tough task. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the wide receiver definitely in this year's draft, you know, we'll get into it as it gets closer and closer, but it's, a, it's, a, it's some good depth there. So, We'll see if they can, you know, pull something out. But yeah, it's it, this could end up being a win for both sides. But it, it, again, you're losing probably one of your best, you know, players, the Chiefs. So, and I'm sure Pat Mahomes wasn't very pleased if he saw his Twitter. So, 
you know, he kind of kept mm-hmm. it, you know, very low key and, you know, classy, but I'm sure he wasn't, you know, pleased with it, you know, as long as his, uh, his wife and his uh, brother doesn't say anything about it, but, you know, it's going to get, you know, kind of interesting, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, look, we just got to wait and see who ends up, you know, if both end up winning this trade. So here's the thing for the Kansas City Chiefs and their wide receiver death. I know Pringle is here with the Bears now uh, on a one-year deal. I know they have Marquez Valdez-Scanling, the former Packers mm-hmm. wide receiver. He signed for with the Chiefs for one year. I know they picked up Juju Smith-Schuster for a year. Yes. Uh, he was the former Pittsburgh Steelers all-pro wide receiver. So they have names on the roster, but uh, that offense is going to look very different next season for Mr. Mahomes and company. Also, too, where does you know, Travis Kelsey fit into this? I mean, where where, where does he mm-hmm. fit in? Is he going to get some touches, too? So, yeah, that's another... Uh, he's just creeping up on him, too. Yeah, and, you know, he's over 30 now, so you got to think mm-hmm. that he's... How much he has left in the tank. So, yeah, they got the names, you know, Scanlon. They just picked up, you know, yesterday. Um, just, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, we talked about it, you know, last week. But, yeah, I mean, you know, but would you rather... Who would you rather have if you're a Chiefs fan? Would you rather have... You know, the three guys we mentioned that are going to be a part of the team. Where we rather, would you rather have, you know, Tyreek Hill back? I, I, I think, yeah, I think you probably would go with the latter. But again, exactly. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Especially in the AFC West. I mean, of course, you know, we saw what, you know, the Raiders did. You know, we saw what the Chargers have done and, and such. So, yeah, it, it's, look, that's going to be a really tough conference. And I, I feel like there's this, you know, it's going to be like a chess match here, especially once they start playing each other. Of course, Denver, of course, they've improved as well. So it's going to get very interesting in that conference, though. Are the Chiefs the favorites? We'll get into it once we do our previews. But, you know, there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered all for all these teams. And speaking of the questions that needs to be answered, let's head back home to Chicago where the Bears picked up another quarterback. <laughs> this time is uh, Northwestern's very own Trevor Simeon. Of course, Trevor Simeon has been bouncing around NFL teams for the last few years. He was with New Orleans last year. Actually didn't do that bad of a job before he suffered a season in the injury after Jameis Winston, who returned to the team earlier this week on a one-year deal. Trevor Simeon is going to be Justin Fields is your first, uh, your starter. Mm-hmm. And then Nick Foles, who's technically still here on the contract. Thank you, Ryan Pace, boo. <laughs> so it's going to be Trevor Simeon and Nick Foles battling out for the number two job. Yeah, that that's going to be interesting, though. And I feel like, you know, last year, of course, health is a factor, too. He actually did a pretty serviceable job, you know, pitching it before he got hurt last year with the Saints. So mm-hmm. that's going to be the number one question, too. I mean, that that's sort of been like the thing. You know, can't he stay healthy? So, I mean, they, they get a, you know, a, a serviceable backup. He's only 30. So it's not like, you know, he's one of these you know, old older backups. But mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, what, what more can you say about, you know, about you know, the Bears? I guess they're trying to bring in, you know, more, you know, you got you know, you know, they're definitely doing more of like, you know, a Chiefs, you know, Colts-like sort of thing. But again, well, again, we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm not expecting much for the Bears this year. So, <laughs> uh, And speaking of expectations, the Bears uh, have picked up a, a couple of backup offensive linemen uh, on, a, on a couple of one-year contracts. Lakina, this tells me that they're really going to look heavier into uh, drafting a couple of offensive linemen, with, especially with their second – now they have – two uh, second round picks in this upcoming year's draft. And so I think that head coach Matt Eberflus and GM Ryan Paul, so they got a lot of work to do on that offensive line. Well, they're just bringing in bodies at this point. Yeah, I'll say they needed bodies. Like that was that's the thing. Like they needed bodies. That's why they brought in, you know, uh, that uh, that tackle from uh, it looks like the Bills are not going to match that. So, you know, he'll be part of the uh, the Bears fold. And you got to think that, 
you would think that Poles, since he was a former offensive lineman, would, would know what you know, O linemen are. But the best O linemen are again. We'll have to wait and see in, in that front. But I, I mean, look, I think the like these are like one year guys, so they probably only like I said they just need their bodies on the roster. So yeah. again, there's not really much to expect for the Bears this year. This is sort of like a transitional year. So again, you know, like, well, okay, you get more. Okay, you picked up. You know, a couple get sitting in a couple of O line, you know, better O line guys. Okay, great. So, okay, let, let's see what they can do with the draft because you're not going to have a first round pick unless you can, you know, package those two second rounders and, you know, try to get a first round and try to move up. But, you know, again, sort of another thing that you got to look, you know, got to look at. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Kin here with you uh, talking uh, Bears in the NFL. Uh, our girl Christine Manica is coming up later on this hour with her bi-weekly sports commentary and more. Lakina just monitoring this press conference that just ended about 20 minutes ago. Deshaun Watson was officially introduced to the Cleveland media. And we talked about this uh, on our last episode on Monday, Lakina. It's a couple of quotes that uh, that I saw coming out of that press conference. Deshaun Watson said, "I've never, I've never done the alleged thing, the things that uh, people are alleged, uh, alleged that people have said that I've done." And he also said that I had to earn the trust of back uh, from the fans in the in the community. Uh, from the couple of quotes that I read just now, it sounds like he said the right thing. He composed himself very well. He was joined by the Cleveland Browns GM and and the Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski. Uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, whatever happens, we know he's not going to be charged criminally. So we dealt with that, but he, he still has some work to, to do PR rise, but you know, as well as I do, Lakina, uh, soon as, uh, soon as the Browns win ball games and Deshaun Watson gets back to his pro bowl self, all this will be long and forgotten. Also, as long as he stays at, you know, any other more legal trouble, I think he'll that be too. fine. Yep. And, and look, I know some people don't like that, but again, unfortunately, that's the nature of the beast. Apparently, the houses weren't at that presser. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it. I didn't watch it. I didn't want to watch it because it was just like, you know, okay. And, you know, I know that, you know, he, you know, another grand jury decided not to charge him in a different county in Texas. You know, that, that news came out yesterday. Oh, oh okay. Again, I, I don't, I mean, what's, what's more? I mean, I know people have their opinions and such. I mean, for me, I'm just going to keep it to the, to the football side because, yeah. You know, the legal stuff is over my head, and I'm not even going to try it. I'm not a lawyer, nor will I. I've said it multiple times on the other on various platforms. You know, I'm not going to play one here. But you know, but once if if they do win, you know, assuming that he does get suspended, you know, like four or five games, but and he he probably might. You know, people will forget about it. I know most. I know some people will keep bringing it up because they've done it with other athletes. But mm-hmm. you know, what, what 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 can you do at this point? I mean, you know. <laughs> I, I I just I, I think it, look unless you're a lawyer I don't think you should kind of you know I'm not saying you should keep your legal opinions to yourself but try not to play a lawyer if you're not really a, a lawyer unless you have a law degree <laughs> that, that's something that irks me but that's a whole nother story but yeah I mean you know it, it's not I think you know the Browns I, I think they feel like they had an opportunity to get Watson mm-hmm. I know yes we can get the whole thing where they should have been vetted you know they should have vetted the victim the alleged victims I should say and, and mm-hmm. such you know it, it, no it, it's just I, again, I'm gonna look at this from a football aspect. I mean, if if he if he wins, if he struggles, you know, people are gonna be telling him to get out. You know, that that's just how it is. Yep. And one last thing before we move on, Lakina, how many games do you think the NFL is gonna suspend him? I know some people say uh, eight games. I'm in the realm of the Tom Brady suspension. Um, 
template from 2016, four games. I think he'll I think he'll get between four and six to start out the year, and then he'll resume his NFL career. What say you about I, I well, do you think the NFL will do anything at all? Because Deshaun Watson set out last year, and I think he wants to tell that, the NFL, well, that was my quote unquote suspension last year. Yeah, I think that's going to be the thing here. But I think you're the safe face. I think the NFL will suspend him probably for four to six. I think that's the that's the same range I have. They're not going to get him eight games because, like you said, you know he set out like all of last year, so that was sort of like the pseudo suspension. So it would look good, especially if you know since he, he didn't play last year, so it wasn't like you know, he played for like the first few games and just out the rest of the season. He he didn't he didn't play a whole year, so I, I think if if they if they if they, if they try to get him like half a season. Yeah, that's not gonna, you know, the, the, the PA is not gonna be very happy with that. So I would say they, they, I think they're gonna you know, come right in and do an appeal of that. So I think they'll they'll do four to six. You know, this whole thing will be, you know, I don't want to say over and done with, but I'm sure you know days will probably, you know, I don't want to say move on. Kind of, the, I don't want certain people, you know, yelling at me about it. But mm-hmm. you know that that's just that's just how it is. I, I I know people don't like it, but that, it, that's just how it is. I'm sorry. I, I don't. What more? What 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 do you want to do? What do you want me to do about it? I, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> You listen to Second City Sports on the Friday edition. We're live in the 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago City. Lakina here with you. Let's move over to baseball. Lakina, let's go to the south side uh, with the White Sox. We're less than two weeks away. Uh, for the White Sox, we're exactly two weeks away, about two weeks, almost two weeks away from the start of the regular season for 2022. And uh, the many Sox fans are complaining, whining, and moaning on Twitter that uh, Michael Conforto hasn't been signed yet. Of course, Michael Conforto is a right fielder, left-handed bat uh, from the New York Mets. Of course, this ties into uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams uh, lifting the um, uh, vaccine mandate for the performers with athletes. Uh, that this affects uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, with Kyrie and of course the New York Yankees, allegedly Aaron Judge, who's not vaccinated, who's looking for a new contract with the Yankees, by the way. And so, and Michael Conforto uh, has not been signed yet. Uh, he's still technically a free agent. And we know that the White Sox have, uh, even though it's not mandated from baseball, that the players have to be vaccinated from COVID 19. Uh, it seems to me that the, the rule might be in place for his big league clubs, is left up to the individual clubs, including the White Sox. And we, we know that the story came out before spring training that the White Sox minor leaguers, you know, the minor leaguers are not unionized, that the minor leaguers were, were told to get their boosters or else uh, they're not going to play. Uh, it seems like the, uh, allegedly that, that may be the issue why Comforto has not signed with certain clubs, including with the White Sox. What say you about the situation? Yeah, uh, the rumors were, I think there have been like a couple, I know the White Sox, and there have been a couple of other teams that are interested in him as well. <laughs> the, the whole thing, you know, with the Vax mandates and such, I know that, you know, the Mets, you know, that's who he played for, he might go back to them, you know, if they can find the money for him. So that could be why that's the holdup. I think White Sox fans need to kind of just chill. I mean, we're only like a, a few weeks away from the regular season starting. So I don't know, like, what more can they, you know, what more can they do? It but just wait. And I think, like, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll pick somebody because you know, spring trade is almost over with. But mm-hmm. look, he would be a good uh, pickup for the Sox. I mean, but like I said, but like I also said, I mean, there are other teams that are going to be vying for his services. So he might be weighing his options and such. Place where you can play right away. I mean, I'm sure, like maybe the Texans team, like all the Texas teams, like Houston. I think I've heard you know his name, his name being thrown around mm-hmm. there. So he's still a top free, top you know free agent. So there's gonna be a lot of teams that are gonna be vying for a service once all this stuff you know sort of you know hammers out. But I think White House fans should kind of just chill. And like I said, we don't know what the kind of the kind of money he's asking for. 
because is Jerry going to be willing to open a pocketbook? I mean, like he and uh, the, he and Giolito, your Reinsdorf, I mean, you know, they're, they're getting odds over like $200,000 mm-hmm. in the arbitration thing. So I don't even know. Yeah, Giolito's they- daddy kind of came out on Twitter yesterday, said they're, they're uh, just a couple thousand dollars apart, $100,000 apart. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens with uh, with, with that, we know the, the many clubs, including the White Sox, that they don't like to uh, their players to get that money from arbitration. So uh, and you could tell that if you read into the, the Lucas Giolito story, he wants this thing uh, uh, taken care of before the season starts because this, this is an important year for him, mm-hmm. not just for him, but for the ball cl- club as well. Yeah, Rick, you know, Rick didn't mince words. You know, his dad could be, you know, he's, he's classy about it, but he's not afraid to mince words when it comes to the yeah. White Sox <laughs> how they're playing. But it's not just him. I, I think uh, I think uh, Contreras with the with, the, uh, with the, the the Cubs, but, you know, we'll talk some news about them in a second. You know, they're not going to buy Chelsea because there's something that came out about the some of the Rick's family and their investments. So, you know, don't worry, Cubs fans. They're not going to be buying uh, Chelsea, the football club. But, uh, you know, as far as, you know. You tell me that they're broke? <laughs> I would say broke, but you know, there's like just some other, some other, you know, sort of weird things that have come up with some of their their investments and whatnot. So that's that's a whole other conversation for another episode. But mm-hmm. you know, the, the thing with Giolito, I mean, I, I can only imagine what the contract extension talk's going to be like if this is going to be sort of thing that kind of you know falls apart for them. <laughs> so I can only imagine what the contract extension talks with them are going to be like. But I'm sure, I'm sure it won't be a distraction. I'm sure they'll they'll figure it out because with with you know with the lockout and such, I mean, all this is being done like literally like, like with just a few weeks before training for uh you know, spring training and now, you know, before the regular season starts. So that's why all this is sort of like, you know, kind of manifesting. So I, I don't know. Hopefully this will, this will be resolved pretty quick. But I, I feel like, I mean, you know what, this I'm sure all of this will be storied out. I know there were a couple other teams that, you know, that didn't have some stuff that their fault that a little bit further apart. But, you know, I'm sure they'll all figure it out. Let's stay with the White Sox for a moment, Lakina. And we were talking about uh, Michael Conforto. And right field is still a, a glaring hole there. And you still need another starter because we, we saw uh, starting pitching death was tested uh, with the White Sox last year. And we, we saw what happened with that, and especially uh, come playoff time. But in right field, let's just say you don't get Conforto. I'm okay with it. If you get him, fine. But if you don't, that's okay. I like the platoon system of Adam Engel, Gavin Sheets, and Andrew Vaughn. You can get by with that until yeah. the trade deadline. Yeah, I'm sure. Like I said, who knows what we'll be bringing up to, towards the, you know, the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe you've got guys that are more than capable of perhaps maybe holding down a forward to you can probably get somebody if you don't get Conforto. But like I said before, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what's what going to be his numbers are once he you know weighs out his options. Yeah, so let's uh, say we'll see what happens with the uh, with the right right field situation with the White Sox. They're starting pitching; it's still a good step, but I would like for them to pick up another uh, another arm. I know Carlos Rodon, who played against the Sox the other day, he's now with the San Francisco Giants. But you still have Dylan Cease, you still have Giolito, Lance Lynn, who needs to have a bounce back year. He he didn't look good uh, at the toward the end of the regular season, especially in that playoff game against Houston. You still have him and. Dallas Keiko, uh, will he be trade bait at some point this year if he if he doesn't stay with the ball club for the for the whole year? And Michael Cope, let's uh, let's let's be real about it. We'll deep deep uh, go deep more into it as we get closer to the start of the season. But he's going to be on the innings limit uh, um, innings limit this year as your fifth starter. 
Yeah, I mean, it will be interesting, like I said before, depth is really what the issue, and they got they got some of that depth back. They got, you know, like I said, Joe Kelly, although you probably won't play for about a month, but, you know, like I said before, I think the Sox are, you know, they, they should be okay with the team they have so far. Now, again, we'll see once the other season starts, if you struggle early, especially with this condensed spring training, there, you might be, you might, you know, have some guys that struggle early on. I, I want to, you know, warn White Sox fans about that. That could happen, but again, they should be able to find their rhythm as we get closer and closer to the season. Now, as for now, now as for like you know everything else, I mean it'll be interesting to see you know, like I said before, once we get into like deep and deep and deep and deeper and deeper into baseball, but you know like, again we'll we'll see how like everything like I said you don't know how these kids are going to be especially with with the with this because you know condensed spring training, mm-hmm. you know you don't know how look some guys might struggle some of the top guys from you know both these you know leagues and teams might struggle during the regular season early on especially in the mm-hmm. first month, so I would say like you know give your teams like a month like six weeks kind of like, get into a rhythm. So I would like implore, you know, White Sox fans, you know, Cubs fans, every every fan of the MLB team, I think should just, you know, mm-hmm. kind of chill for a little bit and just, you know, just go with the flow. And I'm sure all these, you know, especially some of the top guys will figure it out. You listen to Second City Sports on on the Friday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in the eleven color city. Lakina here with you. Lakina, let's go to the north side. Uh, <laughs> as I jokingly said, the the Ricketts family is broke. I'm using air quotes for those listening back on the replay on at War on Anger on our podcast. They're not going to buy the the soccer club and Wilson Contreras maybe trade bait again. It depends on who you ask. I know that they're they're kind of far. They're kind of like in the same situation as they are with Giolito and the Sox. Um, you know, they're they're kind of like I think they're about like a three four hundred thousand apart. I think last I saw. So we'll you know again you know Nico Nico Horner Patrick Wisdom then you know could Contreras be you know kind of like trade but he's kind of like the last guy from well Hayward they're not gonna be able to trade Hayward with that contract still so but. It, It'll be interesting. I think it'll be interesting where the Cubs are. I think they could definitely, you know, finish third with everything else. The Reds are basically, you know, mm-hmm. they're side. They're going to tank. You know, the Pirates. You know, again, you, know, you don't know what you're going to get with them. So I think they'll the Cubs. I think they can kind of stay within that kind of like a third place spot. I think you can try to maybe build more, assuming that since they're not going to be, they're not going to buy that soccer club. The Ricketts family can't, not going to be able to buy that mm-hmm. by Chelsea. So you know. Again, like I said, we'll be depending on how the season goes. If he produces, he could try to maybe flip that and, you know, maybe for getting maybe a couple of like, you know, guys to stock restock that minor league system again. But again, it's all going to depend on how they how they start the season. Yeah, and also, too, they need a, a, a couple of guys, a few guys to step up this year. Kyle Hendricks, he struggled last year. I know he's still considering ace uh, on that on that staff. You, you brought in Marcus Stroman uh, for three years uh, from the New York Mets. You know, he's very vocal, especially on social media. Uh, what do you expect out of those two? Hopefully they can kind of you know, sort of be that, that sort of like that, you know, especially with Stroman being kind of like that veteran presence. Like you said, I mean, he's not afraid to I – mean, He's not afraid. He's the, he doesn't mince words. So I, I think, you know, especially if they struggle early on, he's going to, you know, show his displeasure. You know, Hendricks, hopefully they can, he can go back to, I'm not saying that he could be like, you know, 2015, 2016 Hendricks, but if he can at least be like someone, he could be like at that level where we, before he got to that 2015, 2016 level, mm-hmm. I think you'd be okay as a Cubs fan. Um, Nico Horner, I know he had his struggles last year. Um, hopefully he can, you know, get, you know, get it going too this year. Patrick Wisdom has been very, is very good. Like he's, he's 30, remember folks. So that's going to be another thing you could use mm-hmm. sort of, you know, they're not, these guys aren't very, aren't really young. Um, You know, the, the pitching, like I said before, I mean, Stroman, I think can be, you mm-hmm. know, hopefully he can help you. Know, they got Clint Frazier too. The Cubs did on a veteran deal. So, 
you know, Ian Happ's there as well. You know, Rafael Ortega had it, you know, was up and down last year. If they can get like some of those guys to kind of like sort of be you know, productive and you know, the, the manager, we hope, you know, when we'll see him, you know, he's, you know, back into the full there playing a second base. So we'll see if he can kind of be the player that White Sox fans thought that he would be. So look, I think there's a lot of question marks with the Cubs. And I think, you know, anything else will probably be gravy, but if they can finish like in third place in the central, which they should. You're 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 in good shape if you're a Cubs fan. All right, let's turn the page over back to basketball. Lakina, I have not unfortunately watched uh, uh, any more minutes of the NCAA women's basketball tournament, but uh, Iowa. I think we talked about this a Monday. Iowa was upset by uh, by Creighton mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Don Staley's crew with South Carolina. I know they're one of the top. They were one of the top teams that expect to take home the title. Uh, what action have you seen from the ladies uh, tournament in I March of Madness? There's been a lot of upsets. There's been a lot of upsets on the women's side. There's been a lot, like, a lot of double-digit uh, upsets. You know, South Dakota, you know, coming out of nowhere. Well, not nowhere, but, you know, they've been around the last mm-hmm. couple of years. You know, they're up there. You know, they're playing Michigan. Um, Tennessee, it's back, you know, since I think, like, since 06, the first time. Their first time back in the Sweet 16. I feel like Kelly Harper, I think, you know, I think she's got a nice recruiting class coming in. We'll see, you know, give them the next couple of years. Hopefully they can be back to being like the Tennessee that we know and love. Notre Dame with mm-hmm. Real Ivy. Of course, you know, she won a national championship way back in the 90s. You know, we'll, we'll see, you know, she did. They, they play North Carolina State tomorrow. IU and Connecticut, you know, they actually, I think, I believe IU beat UConn, but I think that was, uh, was, uh, that was about uh, Paige Becker. So we'll see how they do there. That, those games are tomorrow. And uh, tonight you got, you know, South Carolina, you have mentioned uh, Donna Staley, her game cocks. They're going up against <laughs> North Carolina. They got a great, you know, great solid uh, young player there in North Carolina. We'll see how that, how that, uh, will, will, what shakes out there. Texas, Ohio State, that should be a fun one. I think they, I believe they played earlier this season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Creighton, you know, going, they're going to the Sweet 16 for the first time on the women's side. They play Iowa State. You know, so so it's gonna be like, it's gonna be like you know they're gonna be turning back and forth. You know, a lot of Cyclones fans. So if you're a Cyclones <laughs> fan, you're gonna be doing a lot of channel surfing tonight. Also, too, a defending champion uh, Stanford going against Maryland. Not the first time these two teams have played each other. So it's it's starting to kind of shape up to be kind of like where they should be. I know you still got you still got Craig, you still got South Dakota. You know, as a number of only like you know double digit seeds. Everything else, I know uh, you got you got a couple of fives. You got like a six in Ohio State. You know, all the rest are like number ones and twos and threes. But, yeah, so it usually shakes out. It's sort of like a barrier for women's basketball, and the Rays have been very good, too. So, you know, good for them. And, look, I, I watch a little bit as much as I can, but I don't watch it as as much, you know. But I have been following it and you know, all the stuff that's going on. So a lot of great stories coming out of it, so. All right, making her big return to to Second City Sports after a nice brief hiatus. Uh, she's our homegirl doing the football season with our uh, football pickums, but during this off season, she's she's usually here every other week, giving us her uh, views and thoughts on the sports world and more. Here's our homegirl from KXRB Radio, Miss Christine the Queen Manica. Hello, Christine. <laughs> How's it going? It's it's been kind of crazy this week, you know. I <laughs> had an extra couple of days in Chicago than what I was anticipating, and somehow I made it back to Sioux Falls. Uh, before you- we get into it, Christine, I know you have some big news regarding your sister. We know about yeah. it, but for those of you that don't know, tell us about it. We really are very proud of her. Yeah, oh, well, thanks, guys. Um, so the reason why I was back home in Illinois 
was to celebrate my sister getting her white coat from the University of Illinois Veterinary College of Medicine. Yay. So, yeah, so it was very exciting. It was a great ceremony. Um, it was just a tough time getting out of Illinois on Monday. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> I, I ended up, gosh, I ended up not coming back here until really early in the morning on Wednesday. So it's been kind of a whirlwind the last couple of days. But yes, thank you for mentioning that. Very proud of her. Yeah, yeah uh, be- while well, you, you were telling me about it like offline, it was it was a crazy week. I know our weather hasn't been very cooperative there all week. It wasn't you know? even the weather. The plane came in late from Champaign and they wouldn't hold my flight to Sioux Falls. So what what are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I know like this time of year is it is it's just crazy. But uh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but we're very proud of her. You know, give us give her a shout out. Say hello for I her will, for us. yes. Because like animal, you know, oh gosh, you know, veterinarians, I think they got a very underrated profession. So, oh, for I'm, I'm... sure. Yeah. Uh, we're about to head to, towards our last break of the show, Christine. Uh, we got a lot to discuss for you. Baseball is finally playing games back on the field. Uh, movement around the Bears in the NFL. Basketball is happening. The Bulls, some people are panicking. We'll get all your thoughts on those subjects and a whole lot more. As you're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports, we're live in Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. That's Christine. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. Stay tuned. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
Welcome back to the last segment of the show, last segment of the week, right here on Sports on Chicago, Second City Sports, real live and in living color, right here on Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina, that's Christine Manica from KXRB Radio. If you have any questions or comments uh, during or any of our topics during today's show, we're in the last stretch of the show in our last less than a half hour or so, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube, type in your questions or comments in the comment section of the kingdom and get them up on the screen for you. Let's start off with baseball. Uh, Christine, uh, last time you were with us, baseball was still going at it. Uh, players and owners are still going at it off the field. Now they're in an abbreviated three-week period of spring training. Uh, next week was supposed to be the original opening day, but that's been delayed for uh, many teams Thursday, April 7th. For the White Sox, is April 8th. Uh, and those games that were missed during next weekend will be made up as part of doubleheaders during the regular season. What's your thoughts on, on all this? And we're going to have labor peace for at least the next five years. Yeah, I, I think they finally woke up and just said, okay, mm-hmm. we have something <laughs> to bring this sport back. I forget what, what we all said. But we said, oh, they're not going to let opening day totally, you know, go on the wayside. And they did. Um, But we were all kind of in the same ballpark when we were thinking uh, it's going to come back in April. It's not going to happen in March, but it's definitely (laughs) going to happen in April. I'm just happy I can finally, you know, break out that new Jermaine Dye jersey that I got for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I know you talked about that the last time you were with us. Uh, What do you think about the White Sox and some of the moves they've made? I I approve of all of them so far. You know, this team, I, I think they are going to be in it to win it. That's for sure. When they got Joe Kelly from the Dodgers, I'm like, oh, man, that's massive. That's a massive arm to have on your roster. And my grandpa and I, we, we like to send each other emails and text messages about what's going on with, with baseball and whatnot. And I sent him about Joe Kelly. He's like, I don't know who that is. I'm like, grandpa, he's a stud. Like, like he's going to change the game completely, I think, for the White Sox when it comes to pitching. Uh, and we talked about this before we brought you on, Christine. Michael Conforto, the right field free agent, the left-handed bat uh, of the New York Mets, he still remains unsigned. And I know many White Sox fans on White Sox Twitter, or who are, it depends on who you follow and talk to, uh, mm-hmm. they want him signed and signed now because he solves, using air quotes here, he solves what the White Sox uh, need as far as the left-handed power bat. I said, if Michael Conforto is, is signed by the White Sox, fine. But I'm okay with, with the platoon of Gavin Sheets and Adam Engel and Andrew Vaughn. Now, the uh, the rumor has it that the reason why Conforto hasn't signed because he's unvaccinated. We, we don't know if that's true or not. But uh, we, should the White Sox just go and get Conforto no matter what? Or let's just sit back and say, hey, go, uh, hey, uh, just go. I'm okay with the platoon of Sheets and Engel and, and Vaughn. Uh, do, do you think the size must get Conforto at, at all costs? What are your thoughts on it? If you were asking me this maybe two or three years ago, I'd say, yeah, go for it. But right now, I think we have a great roster. You know, Gavin Sheets, when, when he came up last year, I had the opportunity to watch him play a few times, and that's another great player, another great bat on the on the roster for sure. And Vaughn, you know, he was really picking up some speed towards the end of the season, so I expect that momentum to continue. And hopefully we'll get a better season out of Kopech. You know, he didn't have the best games the last couple of, the last couple of games during the season. And I was, when I saw him, I was highly disappointed 
doing it. And I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't the Kopech that I was expecting to see. I was expecting to see one, two, three lights out. And, and you know, I, I hope that maybe he's got his, his head on straight this season, that's for sure. But more importantly, I think throughout the MLB, there's been a lot of interesting deals going on. The one that sticks out in my mind, which I don't think anybody saw coming, was Chris Bryant going to um, the Colorado Rockies or yeah. even Anthony Rizzo staying yeah. the Yankees. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the fact that the Rockies gave Chris Bryant six years, that's pushing it for me, in my opinion, because, you know, the Cubs already had him when he was at his prime, pretty much. I'm not saying that he doesn't have, you know, gas in the tank. He does. I'm just saying that he he's not the player from where he started. And with Anthony Rizzo, you know, he has a lot of connections in Chicago, a lot of ties there. His organization is still based out of there. And a lot of people thought that they had another chance to bring him back. But unfortunately, you know, money talks. And when you want when you are being asked to stay on the team like the Yankees, I think you'll take that opportunity because the Yankees. You know, they're like the hierarchy when it comes to baseball teams. They're they're the OGs. They're the GOATs. So, of course, you want to be on the team like the Yankees. Again, not saying that the Cubs aren't. The Yankees just have that elite status, in my opinion. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Talking about another, you know, league that has a crazy offseason is the NFL. Now, we'll get to oh all the crazy. Wait, which one should I start with first for the trades? Well, well, you know what? Let's start with the Bears first. Then we can go, you know, to the trades. You know, Dakota Dozier, you know, they – you know, they have a one-year deal with him, you know, a veteran lineman. Then, of course, DeAndre Houston Carson, mm -hmm. they brought him back. They traded Khalil Mack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they signed Trevor Simeon. Yes, uh, well, late last night. It was official this morning. So, which, which you know, they needed bodies. We talked about, as soon as I talked about yeah. before he came on, they needed bodies. So, what do you think about some of the moves the Bears have made so far? You know, uh, it's like what we were talking about a few weeks ago. I'm not surprised that they traded Khalil Mack just because it, it gives the Bears a little bit more of a of a cap space when it comes to money and how much they can spend and stuff like that. Uh, I know a lot of ba Bears fans were disappointed in it, but I just said, you know, they, they had to do something. And unfortunately, Khalil wasn't really doing it the last couple of seasons. And I think that just shows where um where pace and i'm sorry where poles and where eberflus is just because um you know they're trying to make a statement and they're trying to say hey we're not afraid to make these big decisions i think the one that i was real i mean i can't say that i was shocked in but i was shocked the two that they let go was danny trevathan and then Tariq cohen because there was so much up in the air with cohen saying is he gonna come back is he gonna you know hang out for another season and the fact that they said he failed a physical, it's like, what was, what was this guy doing during his rehab, you know? Yeah, we talked about it before. The last mm -hmm. time we had John Christine, and, and uh, it was puzzling to me, to all of us, to say what, what's been happening the whole time. Right. And I don't want to, yeah, you don't want to blame everything on Matt Nagy, but you know he had a hand in it, and, and it was just a mess all the way. I think it was just from this new group. They were saying, hey, let's clean Let's clean house, uh, have a clean slate, and let's start all over again. Yeah. And that's the way I, I like – that's the way the organization should do it, do it right. And and now it's all about Justin Fields because he's under his rookie deal for the next few years. And this is how you do business in the NFL. Win a Super Bowl with, with your quarterback on the rookie contract because even though the salary cap is going to go up every year, the price tag for these starting quarterbacks – 
are going to go up even more. Just yeah. as Aaron Rodgers, which we'll get to in a second, and as uh, Patrick Mahomes, who got that big deal before the start of last season. So this is how you do business in the, in the NFL. It's ugly, but <laughs> that's the way it is. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the best moves so far is Russell Wilson going to Denver. I, think I was going to ask you about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great transition just because – the stadiums in in Seattle and in Denver, they're very similar playing situations. You, you know, you're in like this extreme environment, and I think that suits Russell Wilson well. And I think Denver is determined to, to have a comeback year, to be one of the top teams. They were at the beginning of last year, and then slowly but surely they kind of they kind of trickled off a little bit. They weren't bad towards the end, they just weren't where they were to start. Yeah, what, what, how about some of the other trades, some of the other crazy trades? I am so happy for my man, Mitch Trubisky, man. He deserves <laughs> it. I I think that poor kid had, had a rough time in Chicago. I think the fans, you know, didn't give him that much of a chance just because, you know, Van Nagy didn't give him a chance on the field. And he didn't play to his strengths, in my opinion. So I'm happy that he's going to go to a team with a stable coach, a stable, you know, organization, and just a, a really good fan base. And even when I saw when they made that announcement, I think all the Steelers fans were behind it too, just, just because it gives them more space to, say, get some more people on the, uh, the O-line or get more people on the D-line. So they were happy to see that. And I think, I don't know if I can speak for the rest of Chicago, but I think we're all happy to at least see him get – another chance at a, at a starting position. The one that surprised me, and I still can't shake this Vaughn Miller going to the bills for what a six or seven year contract. Yep. That's pushing it for the man that is <laughs> pushing it for him. Cause I, I think those years are kind of, are kind of behind him a little bit. The good years are behind him as he's starting to, to get more in depth with, with his position. Um, I think Tariq Hill going to Miami, that's a smart move on the Chiefs part just because they probably got the best years out of him too. And I think he's going to benefit really well in Miami. Um, I knew Tom Brady was coming back. I knew it. <laughs> no way. So you weren't fooled. No, absolutely not. I'm like, there is no way. And we talked about this when he made the announcement too. There is no way that Tom Brady is leaving the NFL like that. There's, there just isn't. So when I saw it, I was literally on Twitter once he made that post, and I thought I was reading things. I'm like, wait a minute. Is he coming back? Like, is this happening? But now there's like, oh, he could go to Miami. And it's like, just stop it. I think he's staying with the Buccaneers. He put us through the ringer this long for two months. I think I read that his retirement lasted less than uh, Kim Kardashian's marriage to uh chris humphrey so well, <laughs> oh yeah yeah um, yeah i don't know where that that's how that started yeah i've been seeing it trending i'm like wait wait what why would he go to the you know i, like he, I don't think he's staying with the buccaneers like there's no way i they he held out for this long and then i think the reason and this could be right too i think the reason why he decided to come out of retirement retirement um was because free agency was starting to open up and this gives you know the bucks and even the players on the fence the fence a little bit more of an edge to say hey come back to the bucks like now we have tom brady again you know yeah, yeah. Be before i ask you my next question christian i'll piggyback off your point about tom brady Let let's be honest here 
Um, most of the guys that came down there because of Brady, most of them are going to come back. We haven't heard Rob Gronkowski's name yet, but I guarantee he's going to come back for at least one more mm-hmm. year. And look at the landscape of the NFC right now. Of course, Carson Wentz, your guy has been traded uh, to the Washington Commanders Not now. But but um, Carson Wentz is now with Washington. I think Brady looked at the landscape of the NFC. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is back, but that team is totally different due to yep. salary cap constraints. Russell Wilson's now in the AFC. The Cowboys are the Cowboys, but right now they're not a threat. And so, yeah. and plus, Tom Brady has one more year left on that contract. Let, let's see if I can do it again before I really call it quits. Right, exactly. And, you know, I think it, there's just been so many changes with quarterbacks within the last couple of weeks. I think I, I wish Wentz stayed on the Colts just because I think that was a good fit for him. But we'll see what Matt Ryan does with that team. You know, they're, <laughs> they're a young group, and I think – that's what man needs. I think he needs a little extra momentum and a little extra pep in his step. So that that could be a good move for the Colts. Yeah, he brings that definitely brings that veteran presence, I feel yeah. like. So I think that should help them in a lot there. What about the Devontae Adams trade you know, to the Raiders? I don't think any well, I think people knew that probably would come because you have to you know, Roger side that deal, but to the Raiders, it turns out he would be reunited with Derek Carr. They played together at Fresno State. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that trade? I think it says that there's something else going on with the Packers organization. Cause you know, you would think a guy like that would stick with, with a guy like, like Aaron Rodgers saying, Oh yeah, like we're going to be all the way to the top to the NFC. But I, I think there's something else brewing there. And maybe Devonte just wanted a different opportunity and the Raiders, they, they were good last year. They were, they had the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. So on his part, I think he was just ready for a change and ready for a new scenery. Get out of that cold weather in Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of one more uh, Chicago former Chicago Bear, Allen Robinson, the wide receiver. I he am goes, so mad me about too. that. Yeah, he's going yeah, to the Los Angeles are. Rams to defend his Super Bowl champs on a three-year deal, $45 million. $30 million of that is guaranteed. It looks like Odell Beckham Jr. may be playing somewhere else, or if he comes back to the Rams, it's going to be a lesser uh, – a, yeah. a paycheck, but I'm really happy for Mr. Robinson, especially the crap that he dealt with last year with the head coach and sure. in the front office, giving him a franchise seconds. We told you on the show that they would do uh, and not giving him a contract extension. I'm, I'm just so happy for Mr. Robinson. He's going to uh, play on a, a Super Bowl caliber winning team and the Rams could win another Super Bowl or two during his time there. Sure. And I agree with that. But at the same time, I wish polls and i wish eberflus fought for him i really yeah. do just because that that was one of the key offensive guys right there so when i saw that i, I kind of lost a little bit of respect for that for an office but uh again it shows that they're not afraid to make those types of moves no matter what the backlash is yeah yeah yeah, we'll see what they can do. I mean, you know, a lot of bodies, I guess. So I hope I hope A Rob prospers over in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, let's go to the uh, the hard court for a second. We'll start with uh, college first. How's your brackets? <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> kill it, kill it, fire, kill it, fire. I mean, uh, I think this has been the worst year for brackets because right within the second day, it's like, yep, no one's perfect anymore. It's over. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah, who, who's your final four? Yeah, or yeah, I guess your new final four, I guess. Gosh, you know, I hope Kansas, it's been a while for them. I, I hope Kansas gets in. Um, I I hope Duke can continue this run. Like like we were talking about, they didn't have the best season, but right. 
Let, let's hope something can come out of it. I saw that, Sid. You got to give a little bit to Coach K. We've seen all over. We've seen that all, all over Twitter. Yo. He's not right. the only one that feels that way, Christine. Oh, yeah. And for, you know, for the, uh, for the women's side of things, our University of South Dakota down in Vermilion, they're in the Sweet 16 yes, they are. right we now. About like, them. Yeah, no, first time no ever. Yeah, thought that that was going to happen. The first time ever. So, so good for those girls. I think their game is just going here, actually, or it's a, or it's about to happen. But yeah, good, good for them. That's for sure. We're joined by our homegirl Christine Manica from KXRB Radio, right here on Second City Sports the Friday Edition. We're live in the Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. It's Lakina. It's Christine. Christine, let's stick with basketball. Let's go to the hardwood uh, in the NBA. The Chicago Bulls, 42 and 31. They've been in a funk ever since the All Star break. Alice Caruso came back a couple of weeks ago. They lose a, a, a ugly game at New Orleans last night. They beat Toronto on Monday at home, but uh, what is your forecast for the Chicago Bulls as we head towards the playoffs? What's the saying? You can win against a really, a really good team, but you can lose against a really bad team. Is that the saying? Something like that? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. I feel like that's what's kind of happening to the Bulls right now. Now I have to admit Tristan Thompson, he has given them a little bit of an energy boost and a little bit more of like a momentum for the team, but you, you know, I, I I think they need another year in order to get a championship. I really mm-hmm. think that they do. I think they're going to make the playoffs and go far, but I, I think they need one more extra year just to fine-tune everything before they can get back on top. And the injuries, too. What about the rest of the yeah. NBA? Who are your kind of like your favorites right now? You know, maybe things can change. For the Nets, especially with Kyrie Irving, you know, coming potentially coming back now since um, New York is kind of rolling back on their vaccine mandate. So that could that could be a game changer there to see what he can actually do for the team. The Lakers at this point are a lost cause for this year, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So if you're a Lakers fan, I apologize. Um, I think I, I think Golden State, they they could do it again. I can see somehow Miami coming back into it. So it, it's really up for grabs. And, and like I said, I, I think the Bulls at least have a chance for a good run at the playoffs for sure. Let's go back to the NFL and talk about the broadcasting carousel. Of course, I was listening to Troy. Man, and he was on, he, going yeah, on. I, yeah, I was lot, listening to him lot. on a, on the uh, Sports <laughs> Illustrated media podcast. For those of you who haven't heard the interview, it was very, it was very insightful. Go, go listen to it. But we know that Al Michaels, he'll still do one or two games for NBC, but he's a new voice of Thursday Night Football on Amazon. Of course, Kirk Herbstreit will continue to do college football for ESPN, but he's going to be their new uh, analyst for Thursday Night Football. It looks like Greg Olson, former Bear, and Kevin Burkhardt will be moved from the number two to the number one team at Fox since Fox will have the Super Bowl next year. Of course, Joe Bug goes from Fox to ESPN to call Monday Night Football with Troy Aikman. What do you think about all these uh, carousel moves in the NFL broadcasting world? Given the fact that Fox is hosting the, the Super Bowl next year, I am really surprised that Joe Buck would make that sort of a move, knowing that they have the Super Bowl next year. I'm, I'm surprised that mm-hmm. Troy Aikman even took that offer, too. NBC is going to look different. You know, that whole Sunday night broadcast team, the, the team that we've known for X amount of years, it, it's going to look different. And to, to fill 
those shoes of veteran broadcasters, that's a tough task in itself because you don't want to make the wrong decision, if that makes sense. Um, I'm curious to see what Aaron Andrews is going to do in, in all this mix because Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, those were her guys for, I think, almost 10 years. Something like that, maybe. Yeah, she's been at the company, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if she'll stay with Fox or maybe she'll make the jump to to a different station or do do a streaming service like everybody seems to be doing. Yeah, that seems to be the trend because, you know, Lisa Lisa Solis has that on lock, you know, Sally reporter for Man That Football. She has that on lock, so she's not going to be able to right. you know, go back there. I'm talking about Erin Andrews. So, yeah, she might. Look, she hosts a very successful podcast with herself and Carissa Thompson and you know, mm-hmm. Calm Down, so that's a good podcast. So, yeah, they might. Yeah, she might end up doing like going to Amazon because they, they don't have a sideline reporter yet. I don't think they've announced one yet. So she could she no. go over there maybe? Who knows? But uh, yeah, it looks like Kevin Burkhardt and uh, Greg Olson are the favorites to be the new number one uh, team, especially like you said, Christine. Fox is going to have you know two of the next three Super Bowls. So I think you, know, you have you know, a great you know season pro like you know Burkhardt and a, and a young guy like Greg Olson. They can kind of feed off that. They can kind yeah. of be the the new, like, you know, Buck, Aitman, you know, tandem. There and I like home. Greg. I think Greg's a – he was a great player, and I think he's a he's a great analyst. It will come in time for sure. I think last year was his, like, first real season doing something mm-hmm. like that. So it will it will come in time. He he wasn't bad, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. st- sticking with football, Christine, before we move on, Deshaun Watson, he was introduced to the Cleveland media today. Uh, of yes, course topic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but but right. we're not gonna, we're not going to get into the legal stuff. As Lakina said, we're not lawyers. We, we don't pretend to be one. So we're going to leave the legal issues out of it. But uh, of course, Baker Mayfield uh, could uh, it will be on the move. That's for sure. Uh, where do you see uh, uh, the uh, in your opinion, who's the uh, uh, landing favorite landing spot for Baker Mayfield? You have uh, my sleeper team is the New York Football Giants. You shouldn't trust Daniel Jones. But other places have, um, see, uh, Seattle is is the favorite. Yeah. And so, and you have the New York Giants. Uh, where you see Mister Baker Mayfield landed before the season starts? Yeah, that's a tough one. We we still don't know what's going on with the 49ers yet either. With Jimmy G, I know he's just mm-hmm. getting through surgery right now and going through the recuperation process. But that's a tough one. I could see him being in Seattle. I can definitely see that. I don't want him with the Giants because that just sets you up for failure right there. So I, right. I don't think the Giants would be the right move. I I like to have him on the Bears. Why not? Why why not? <laughs> be you know someone leading you know uh, uh, Justin Fields with that. Yeah, that that should be an interesting one too. Probably uh, going outside sort of the major sports, sort of the big. News in tennis, Ash Ash Barty, Ashley Barty um, has retired. You know, earlier this week, which kind of came out of nowhere. Only twenty five. You know, three Grand Slam titles. You know, she did win the Aussie Open. You know, for the first time in like forty some years. You know, on the women's side. You know, seeing all the tributes between you know, you know, Serena. You know, was shot, but you know, she wasn't surprised. You know, some people say maybe you know she should be you know, might retire too eventually. You know, Rafael Nadal. A lot of a lot of things sort of you know, came out. What do you think about that that announcement? Um, I think it's a lot of trend that I've been seeing in a lot of athletes that are around my age. Maybe they're burnt out. You you know, maybe they just realize that they don't want to be in the spotlight as much as they wanted it um, at the start. Maybe she's just not hungry anymore. I'll I'll be honest. I I don't really pay attention to tennis as much as I should. So um, 
yeah, I, maybe, maybe she was just burned out and it was time for her just to, just to take a break. Uh, last, last few minutes left of the show right here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Sid, Lakina, and Christine with you. Let's go back to baseball. Christine, uh, the White Sox released their uh, bobblehead schedule for this upcoming oh, season as part of their giveaways. <laughs> Let them all sit. Are you going to catch them all? I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, uh, well, something to that I'll get to in just a second. But uh, here's their bobblehead schedule uh, giveaways. Uh, Saturday, April 16th versus Tampa Bay at 110. Liam Hendricks South, wearing the Southside uh, black jersey uh, bobblehead. Like that. That's, yep. uh, so that's yeah. coming up in a couple of weeks. Like a big dog. Yep. Saturday, May 14th versus the Yankees at 610. The Tim Anderson Field of Dreams bobblehead. Hey, there we go. Okay. I like that right. one, too. That's a good one. Yeah. Saturday, June 25th versus Baltimore at 110. We have the Eloy... Uh, Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. I got this Eloy bobblehead. So you have two players in <laughs> one bobblehead. Oh, if you remember, cool. if, right? If you remember that play from a couple of years ago, yeah. Sure. He, yeah, I think it was last season. Eloy was standing behind with his uh, arms folded like this as Luis Robert uh, had to catch a fly ball. So that that's going to be a bobblehead that's for cool. for White Sox fans. Monday, July fourth at seven ten versus the Minnesota Twins. Paul Kronerko, a Superman bobblehead, the first 12,000 fans. Okay, that's, that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah, and Saturday, July 23rd versus the Cleveland Guardians, formerly known as the Indians, at 6.15 p.m. on Fox. Yasmani Grandal, the, as I call him, the uh, Yasmanian devil, he has a bobblehead day. Okay. <laughs> yep, so that was your bobblehead uh, promotional schedules for the White Sox for this season. And yours truly has a, a major announcement well, involving the White Sox. Yours truly will be spending his 20-game uh, package at this place. I'm holding up a T-shirt for those of you listening back on the replay on the podcast. Uh, Comiskey Park, you know I don't call that corporate name. Yours yeah. truly has signed up for season tickets for the weekend 20-game package. Wow. So I'm going to get a couple of those bobbleheads. Yeah. <laughs> Two of those bobbleheads. Oh, that 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 that, that Eloy uh, Robert one that 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 should be hilarious. <laughs> that, yeah. that was a, like, that was a, a great idea. Yeah, yeah that, that's pretty cool. You might as well you might as well like you know marketing. I think it was a gift everywhere when that happened. Right. So might as well make a bobblehead out of mm -hmm. it. I know uh, golf is uh, uh, the closest you know to your heart too. To Christine, uh, Phil Nicholson will not be playing in the Masters this year. I think it'll be the first time. I think like like the early '90s since he hasn't been there. Of course, you know, some people are wondering. You know, of course, all this stuff's been going on with his gambling and wanting to start a league and such. I mean, that the whole the whole thing is we haven't had we haven't really talked about it, but like the whole thing is just very weird to me with the thing going on with you know, with Phil and the rest of all that. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to have, when I first saw stuff. What was it? A couple of weeks ago, him saying remarks about this new league. I had to ask my my boyfriend about it because I'm like, what what is this? What is he saying? So I, I think it's surprising for him just because I don't think he anticipated getting so much backlash out of it. But when you make a comment like that, it's like, well, what do you expect? I mean, is he wrong about what he said about the PGA? Not entirely. But I don't think you should say I'm going to join this league over here. That's just that's just taboo right now, right there. That that's kind of a red line. And uh, going back home, 
uh, with the news from the United Center starting tonight with the uh, um, the regional finals. Of course, you meant we mentioned the Kansas Jayhawks, Christine, they, they're yeah. here in Chicago. And it looks like if they win, they'll be celebrating here in Chicago on Sunday afternoon, late Sunday night, if they win tonight and Sunday to clinch the final four. Uh, the United Center has also lifted their vaccine yeah. requ requirements. So uh, you do not have to show proof of, of a vaccine, uh, vaccine cards or a negative COVID test, uh, but masks are optional. It's not, it's not required, but it's optional. So for those of you that haven't been vaccinated, have not been vaccinated or a negative COVID test, it does not matter. Now the United Center has lifted that rule. It starts today uh, with the NCAA events. It also, uh, it goes into effect for future Bulls games and Blackhawks games as well. Yeah, I think it's about time. I think we're starting to, I, I, I should say, I think Chicago is starting to finally learn how to live with the with the virus because it's still mm -hmm. there. You know, th there's still going to be a new, this BA2, there, there's a new variant out there. But I think, you know, the, the city is finally in that phase of, of living with it, which where the heck have they been? Everybody's been living it for the past couple of years, but yeah. it's like what I said at the beginning of, of this pandemic, it's your choice whether or not you want to get vaccinated. You do whatever you want to do. You do whatever you feel is best for you and, and your body and your family and whatnot. But um, yeah, I think it's time for everyone to kind of start returning back to normal. I think we all agree there. So to finish off here, what are you guys looking forward to this weekend? Catching up on sleep and cleaning. <laughs> cleaning. Lost a lot of that this week. Hey, look, nothing wrong with spring cleaning. Of course, you, no. you, you gotta love it. Of course, you know, uh, with the, of course, you know, you got the, the, the women, men's and women's, you know, both seeing, you know, double digit yeah. TV increases, which is awesome uh, for both sides. Uh, you got that going on. You've got the uh, match play going on too for golf, all you golf fans. Also the U.S., you know, coming out to a wire with the, uh, Last you know, last day of qualifying, so they you know, they needed and some help to you know get to the World Cup after you know we know what happened to have with Italy yesterday. So that's a that's a whole yeah. other thing. But yeah, a lot of stuff going on this weekend. What about you, Sid? Of course, March Madness, uh, the Bulls, and be honest with you, I'm waiting for the regular season to start for baseball. We got two weeks left now. Yeah. You got yeah. about two weeks, so it'll, it'll come soon enough, though. <laughs> you know, patience, guys. You know, cause look, we had to wait. We had to wait this long, so it, it's yeah, coming. Right. It's coming. <laughs> with that said, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. We'd like to thank Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago. He's their Bulls guy for hopping on the show today. Of course, our girl, the queen, Christine Manica from KXRB Radio. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor, and you can follow War Media on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And make sure you catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, live from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. One more again, as you kids would say. Catch <laughs> Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, live and in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago.
All right, now it's a little cooler here in this early spring, you know, time in the Midwest. But you know what, though? Enjoy the games and all the matches going on this weekend. There are a lot, you know, going on on all sides. We talked about it. If you're not going to get vaccinated, you know, wash your hands, you wear a mask, and just be good to each other. For Sid and Christine, I'm the King. This is Second State Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you next week. Bring on baseball. Holla! <laughs> <laughs>